0: Are you prepared for life's unexpected twists and turns, lockdowns, natural disasters, power outages or any situation that makes it tough to get your hands on a good meal? Time waits for no one, and neither do emergencies. PetePrepStore.com is the ultimate in long-term emergency food preparedness and supplies. You're not just buying food, you're buying peace of mind. Our meals are designed to be nutritious, delicious and have a 25-year shelf life. Yes, you heard that right. 25 years we source high quality non-gmo ingredients and use advanced freeze drying technology to lock in taste and nutrients forget last minute runs to the grocery store peat prep store is a click away and delivers right to your doorstep why risk the well-being of you and your loved ones with peat prep store you're always prepared make the smart choice today visit peatprepstore.com and place your order today this isn't just food it's your lifeline in times of crisis don't wait for an emergency to prepare be proactive PetePrepStore.com, be prepared, be secure, be ready, always.
1: Previously on the Pete Santilli Show.
2: Uh, My name is Matt Baker. I'm a human being on planet earth and I'm here to save humanity, Mm -hmm. Pete. And I thought we were making some headway, but apparently, uh, you know, everybody has lost their mind again and fallen into the next black hole of mind control. So it's like after the three years of COVID and after fake elections and fake Donald Trump and fake Russia collusion and all of these narratives that we've been slaying left and right. We're like, finally, we're waking the people up and they're starting to realize what fake news is. And now we can kind of like sit back and do our award shows and stuff. And then the next time they bring out a narrative, people fall for it, hook, line, and sinker again. Well, the media does this all the time.
3: Even when they get things wrong, you know what they say, you can't unring a bell. And they're the bell ringers. Once you're in a traumatized state, and you mentioned mind control, there's two ways to control a person's subconscious mind that's through sexual-based mind control and trauma-based. It's horrifying to sit there and think that babies' heads are being ripped off, people are being shot. You're in a traumatized state. So your cranium is then opened up and whatever it is that they put into it, it sticks and it's branded in there. And next thing you know, you can't even ask questions because they're so so deeply programmed with neuro-linguistic programming. It's, it's like branding your subconscious mind. You can't virtually unravel if people are on, you know, they're unaware of what's happening to them. Thank God a lot of us are awake to it. You need to recognize what's happening to us. When you're in an automatized state, they can pretty much say anything they want to say. And it sticks. I was actually, believe it or not, among all of the quote-unquote patriots that were rounded up. Mm-hmm. I was the only one that exercised my fifth amendment right true.
4: that is and i fact.
3: told the fbi to f off You <laughs> did yeah and he the rest did. of them had hours He's of like, audio I'm recordings. i'm not
4: talking to you oh, they, yeah. I, they
3: didn't say anything bad but i mean i was listening to their audio recordings. talk about the constitution mm-hmm. and, you know so on yeah. and so forth i was Remember the only one, one that, of those didn't talk.
5: Guys that pushed that narrative so hard he took
6: off and fled to mexico and, and says that mexico is so much better to live in than America.
11: Bill Gates' advice on how to
6: combat mistrust in science at 60minutesovertime.com, sponsored by
9: Pfizer. You really need to get vaccinated.
12: You know, COVID vaccines are now available for children five years and older. And the more people who get them, the better we're gonna be able to help stop the spread of COVID.
3: is our
1: common bond truly freedom freedom without freedom you can't be a christian no matter what denomination you belong to you can't be a buddhist you can't own a donut shop you can't drive from here to oregon you can't be an american because that's what it's all about and it's the only thing that it's all about nothing else Nothing else. It's about freedom.
2: There is a time to pray and there's a time to stand.
3: morning, everyone. Sorry about that. That was my fault. Just coming right into this. Uh, I have uh, one update uh, here that is important to me. We've been covering it all week. We've been providing you with updates from uh, Pastor Dave all week long, as many as possible. Our prayers are with him and his touring group and all Americans and all, I mean, just everybody for that matter, um, that has been impacted. Uh, I'm joined uh, an honor to be joined by Pastor Dave Robbins. Um, an introduction has been going on all week, and uh, yes. Pastor Dave, um, I, sir, it's it's uh, it's beautiful to to see you, to hear your voice, and know you're safe. Our prayers have been with you. Uh, I I will say I have to admit, sir. Welcome, by the way. Good morning uh, to Thank you. you. Uh, what what time is it there in Israel?
13: it's three o'clock in the afternoon here oh
3: three o'clock in the afternoon yes uh pardon me for not knowing that (laughs) that's okay we've been uh that's okay yeah (laughs) that's okay sir i you know i i have to admit i have to make some admissions here um you know early on uh when i saw that you were you were going to stay and you heard about the rockets and and i was applauding uh your courage Uh, And then very quickly, I kind of backed away from that. And I said, no, come home, come home. Let's get him out of there. Um, Almost immediately within hours, I saw how this thing was escalating to where, you know, where we know we're at right now. This is very serious, sir. So as much as possible, I want you to talk right past me and talk to our listening audience. These are biblical times. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So you're there, I watched yesterday. It was one of the most beautiful sights, so let's begin the conversation here. Um, yes. You made it to the Mediterranean, is that correct? Uh, yeah. So, you made it to the Mediterranean for baptism. I wanna make sure I get my geography yes, correct.
13: We yes. did that. So beautiful. Um, so I will tell you, Pete, just to speak to your statement, A lot when this thing kicked off last Saturday, a lot of tour the Israel was full of tour groups, but a lot of them headed straight out to the uh, to the airport, trying to get a group of forty, fifty, sixty, a hundred people on airplanes, and they were put. They were splitting their groups up and just putting them on, you know, two here, five on this airplane, three over here, and they were going to Athens. They were going to Frankfurt, Germany. Just any to Dubai. We had some people leave our group one and two at a time. We had three people leave and some of them went to Dubai. I mean, they were going all over the world. Well, what I told our group, I I said, I do not feel comfortable with that. Some of them were scared to death to split up for the group. And I said, I think it's the best decision that we keep our group together and stay here. If I could have gotten home early, I would have left because the situation here is horrible. Mm-hmm. So I would have left once we, when we, when me and my wife called the airport trying to see what we could do, they, we had a group of people that a couple of people that went out there and they said that there are two flights on an LL flight. This was back last Monday. They said there are two flights on an LL flight. They were uh, business class and they wanted $16,000 a piece for them. Wow. And so yeah. it was like no nobody could get out. So when when I called when we got a hold of L Al, there were there was no flights out for anybody unless you had a booked ticket already. We couldn't get our group out unless we were willing to split up and put them on one to Dubai and one here. And they were. I told them. I said we're not going to do that. We're going to hunker down. We're going to stay safe, and we're going to wait till next Saturday evening, which is tomorrow night here. And we're all going to go out as a group. Me and my wife. We're going to be. We're all going to be here together. And so it appears that that plan is going to work. We just talked to LL Al before we come on the air here and they said, hey, you guys have flights. It looks like everything's good because what they've been doing, Pete, they've been bringing in reservists from all over the world, the IDF reservists. They've been in other parts of the country and around the world. They're bringing them in on LL Al flights and there are a lot more planes here than normal. So there are plenty of planes to go out um, and so we're. It looks like we're going to be able to get on our flight and come safely home. But I'm telling you what, mm. having been here for the last couple of weeks has been unnerving to say the least.
3: Yeah. In, in the beginning, uh, you know, the number and just and watching you, we we're watching the news. We knew how significant, you know, the five thousand rockets, the tens of thousands of yeah. coming over the. You, you hadn't caught that, and then very quickly information started to emerge from what we were getting from you, um, yes. and then you know i mean there you are in the holy land and, and yes. you figure if it's an incursion you know and then and there's some political battles there and the bravado of pastor dave you know baptizing his tour group it was great i was cheering yeah. you on for probably about 30 milliseconds yeah, and then i, I set that aside and now sure it's good to know that you're safe and you are you are headed out so the update is now you are scheduled to get out correct
13: mark tomorrow, tomorrow night we're scheduled I so what let me tell you. Let me just lay it out for your listeners here. What happened to us? Mm -hmm. Um, last Friday was our first touring day. We come into Israel on Thursday, we tour on Friday. We did everything we're supposed to do on Friday. It was a normal day touring in Israel. I had uh, 41 people. The when we got up Saturday morning, we decided to go down to the Dead Sea Masada and do all that. Um, well, we went straight to Masada that morning, and when we're up on top of Masada. We hear these big boom, 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 like these bombs going off. And I we had I didn't know what it was. I'd never heard anything like that loud. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was is that's when the attack took place. The missiles were coming in. The um, Iron Dome Missile Defense System was hitting those, but it was on the back side of the mountains over there, so we couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. Well, our guide, our guide immediately got a call. It was SARL Tours, and he said, You get that tour group and get them back to the hotel immediately. We still had the Dead Sea to do and a bunch of stuff. They said nothing, everybody, they shut down all the parks immediately and they said, get them back to the hotel. So we were immediately rushed down, got on the bus, went back to the hotel. Well, we heard sirens going off and there was um, the still firing off these rockets. Well, we heard the Iron Dome hitting these rockets in the air and it sounded like giant, like the loudest fireworks you've ever heard. And so I can I can honestly say now I've lived through several missile attacks mm-hmm. because two of the missiles came through the Iron Dome defense system. And one uh, neighborhood that we had been in a day earlier, it hit a neighborhood right next to that out in Judea. And one of them hit a mosque near Jerusalem. So mm-hmm. it, it's it been unnerving to say the least, because I don't know. we have, I don't know how many sirens I've heard we had to go down and get in the elevator or in the uh, stairwell at the hotel there in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. So we talked to the owner of Sarel Tours and he said, "Look, you know, you we were supposed to leave Jerusalem in the next day. This was uh, Wednesday and go up to Tiberias, which is where the Sea of Galilee is, and he said, "Look, I think it's going to get bad because what's happening, Pete, there's a ring of fire. Iran has terrorist proxies all around Israel. They started in the south in Gaza. But there have also been anti-tank missiles that have been shot off up in Lebanon mm-hmm. and mortars that have been shot over into Syria from Syria into Israel. So they said you guys are not going to be safe up in the Galilee region. Mm-hmm. So the owner of Sarel owns the hotel I'm in out on the Mediterranean Sea. We are in Netanya, which is about, about a half hour north of Tel Aviv, a half hour north of the airport. He put us up in this hotel. I've never been in this hotel before. And thank God that he did, because yesterday, we were supposed to go up to the Sea of Galilee. We're going to drive from here, go up there, tour, baptize in the Jordan River and things. And then that um, supposed quote unquote, mistake happened where they said these uh, drone air armed drones were coming across and infiltrating Israel. So they completely shut down all of northern Israel and the Galilee region. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't able to go up there. So I told our group, I said, look, I'm here. To help you guys prepare for the second coming of jesus christ i shared the gospel plan uh many of them wanted to be baptized so i took them right out in the mediterranean sea and baptized all of them Mm. and um but i i can so tomorrow night we're supposed to head home but i wanted to tell you guys this pete i can't give the guy's name i'm in i'm in contact with a lot of people in israel two guys are ex-navy seals for the idf they're One of the guys is, my friends, three of his sons is down there in Gaza as we speak. This is only beginning. They have have, um, formed the emergency government. Right. And with Gantz and Netanyahu, and they're getting ready to go into, at this point, they've been shelling Gaza. Mm -hmm. Well, now they're getting ready to go in boots on the ground. And when that happens, this thing is only going to escalate. It's not going away. So this is really, it's horrific but it's the beginning of the Israeli offensive. That's what we're getting ready to see latter part of the weekend, first part of next week.
3: That's right, so I don't wanna be overly sensational. As a matter of fact, when I said that millisecond, when I saw, and we're getting uh, live real-time reports on on like Google Maps, I could see it. And I was looking from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and I said, "Uh uh-oh. Then we're hearing about Jordanians now. Couple things happened. so I don't want to be overly sensational here. What yeah. I saw was when when <laughs> they started their air campaign, they were just prepping the battlefield for them to go in, and sure. and so so is that an accurate analysis before I've even spoken here? I just Are you heard talking you say, about
13: Israel or Israel? God, uh, the...
3: Israel bombing, you know, retaliating, of course, going in and and, and airstrikes on Gaza. I said this is yeah. only the beginning. They're they're warming up it's the battlefield the and they're getting ready to send probably. What hundred thousand plus troops in there? This is the very beginning, correct?
13: Yeah, it's absolutely true. We're not sensationalizing this at all. Mm-hmm. I I don't like to sensationalize things, but I'm I'm we're not building this up really to what it is, Pete. These guys are so. Uh, just a for instance, Israel has a very humanitarian heart, and what they normally would do when they were going to go into Gaza on some of these when they would ship. Uh, in the past, when they have fired rockets off, they would go in and they're going to bomb, let's say, a, a, a Hamas headquarters or where the a, a weapons st- or an ammo stash. They have boots on the ground there that are in Gaza all the time. Nobody knows who they are and they know where these places are. So what they do is Israel in the past has sent in a deal called a knock on the roof. They'll send a missile in and they'll hit the roof and it'll blow up on the roof. And that's letting everybody in the building know in three to five minutes, we're going to blow this building. We're going to blow the building up. Right. Well, they, my the my friend here, who is an ex-Navy SEAL for the IDF, he told me, he said, I've been following all this. I'm still getting in contact with the military. He said, in this raid that's getting ready to happen, the knock on the roof's out of the window. Yep. They're just going to annihilate the buildings. And Israel has, the, believe me, Israel has the firepower to do that. So they're telling Gaza, the uh, Gazans, get out of here immediately because we are going to annihilate this place. Netanyahu is saying that he's going to change the face of the Middle East forever. Gaza will never be the same after this. Mm-mm. And if Hezbollah in the north, decide, which is another Iranian terrorist proxy, if Hezbollah decides to keep doing what they're doing, the IDF is going to go in there and wipe them out too. So, you know, it's, I'm not sensationalizing. I've got people here that I've trusted and I've known for years and years. And they're telling me pretty much when they get a phone call or get a text message, they're showing me the messages from guys in the military that are saying, look at what we're getting ready to do. Mm -hmm. So this is only the beginning of this thing, Pete, this is not going to go away
3: tomorrow. Yes, sir. Now, I'm going to give you, a, we, we've been tracking this thing. Obviously, uh, I was putting, by the way, uh, the timeline, the graph, the Sixth Trumpet trumpet War, yeah. World War yeah. III, the signing of the peace agreement, so on and so on. And we have been, you know, as much as I've been uh, learning uh, about the end time, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we take a look at that. Whether or not it will come now, that's uh, that's secondary to the events that are taking place right now. Let me share some things with you. Remember Mahmoud Ahmadinejad? Remember him when he he was in power? He and uh, Khomeini said that they had met with the Mahdi. Okay? Now, this isn't just conspiracy theory stuff. This is literal policy from Iran is dictated based on what they know of the Mahdi's emergence. Okay? Uh, One interesting bit of information. You know this $6 billion deal and this sanction they put? Did you know that, that that um, and this it hasn't been spoken of uh, anywhere in the world, uh, that Joe Biden signed an executive order right at the end of September, and there was a strong emphasis on strangulating Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Isn't that interesting that mm. he says when he returns uh, to prominence, he will come with the body, number one. Number two, yeah. this $6 billion deal in the executive order was... Very focused on Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. So I bring this up because Iran is a big player. China is a big player. I believe that that China, they don't have they don't have the experience to wage war in this fashion. Israel, Iran, they're war fighters. The US, they're all war fighters. China's behind this. You have Iran and their policy surrounding, you know, their coming of the, the Mahdi, the Antichrist, as far as I'm concerned. Um right. but there is a huge potential right now, especially with Israel going into Gaza and Turkey now saying that they're going to, sought. Turkey is a major, major player. When Turkey says that they stand with um, uh, with the Palestinians and on that side of the equation, that changes the entire game, doesn't it?
13: Yes, it does. The when you so the head of the snake here really, Pete, is Iran.
14: Mm-hmm.
13: Now, China is an ally of Iran. Russia is an ally of Iran, just like the United States is an ally of Israel. So if you look at the situation that's going on here, Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. And you mentioned the $6 billion that Joe Biden is, you know, in negotiations with and given to Iran and all this stuff. The $6 billion is only a fraction of the amount of money that's on the table here, Pete. That's right there are sanctions that are being taken off of them being able to produce oil a lot of different things it goes up to like 25 30 50 million rather than just 6 there's a whole lot more money on the table here than just 6 billion yeah and so they but iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet and what iran's goal is is to implement sharia law globally yes sir they israel and the united states are standing in the way of that so israel's little satan the United States is big, Satan. But Israel is the front line. So they have the ring of fire. It, it, Iran has terrorist proxies in Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, the Houthis down in Yemen, and Hamas in Gaza, which is right down here on the southern border of Israel. Mm-hmm. And they've got it's called the ring of fire. And so I asked my friend, who's uh, one of the ex-Navy SEALs, I said, are they just going to go after Hamas? Or will they go after the head of the snake, Iran? And he said, I don't think they'll go after Iran right now because that would be World War III. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here from a prophecy teacher knowing World War III is one of the next events on God's prophetic timeline. So the only way, if they don't go after Iran, I don't know if they will in this conflict or not. But if they don't go after Iran, this is only going to continue. That They'll always have terrorist proxies around here. And they're always going to be try, trying to annihilate Israel. And in the Ezekiel thirty-eight war, thirty-eight and thirty-nine, which is the Battle of Armageddon, Persia, which is Iran back then, modern-day Iran, mm-hmm. is one of the major nations that are coming down with Russia to invade Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Um, so something has to start World War Three. I know it's coming. It's prophetic, and. Yeah, I don't know if this event will lead to that, but it certainly could be.
3: Deb uh, kept me grounded. And I'm not just saying this and I'm not and I've said it over and over again. I said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not just selling books. I'm I'm literally no. real time saying yeah. here's my go to guide right now. I've literally haven't it hasn't left my side. We have to right. learn uh, what, what is what is to come because it will come. It's in yeah. the book of Revelation. Uh, whether or not it's now but you know what deb said deb said uh if whatever will happen god will allow to happen and if he wants uh this to come it will happen this could escalate whether or not is israel wants to or not wants to go after iran is secondary to the fact that if the adversary and the antichrist wants to come forward and they form their army. I mean, when you look at Jordan, troops up against Jordan. You hear about Turkey. You hear about Hezbollah, Iran, and the political yeah. lines are being drawn. China, you know, they're they're an opportunist. They want to fuel this this thing right. uh, through their little proxies, but they don't know what they're messing with. They're godless to begin with. But if this thing sets off, um, only God knows where it will go. Isn't that correct?
13: Yeah. Yeah. So. Let's look at it from a prophetic perspective because yep. you brought up the book and everything and yeah. uh, the, the Six Trumpet Wars mentioned in the book. Yes. However, the from the prophecies of the Bible, from the Old Testament prophets, Daniel, Zechariah, Ezekiel, and all those prophets, all the way to Revelation chapter 22, God gave us a, a giant timeline of events to follow. The next two events, Pete, on God's prophetic timeline is World War Three. That's Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. That's the sixth Trumpet War. And also a peace agreement between the Israelis and the Palestinians that will start the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, we don't have time on the radio for me to right. teach everything to your crowd here. But um, the it appears, from the way it looks, because I know right now it sounds totally impossible for the Israelis and Palestinians to sign a peace agreement. Mm -mm. especially with what's going on today. However, imagine this. If a war could kick off, the Bible says it will kill one-third of the world's population. The international community would look at this Israeli-Palestinian conflict and say, look, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not, because we're going to try to end all the conflict on the earth. And the Bible says the Antichrist will confirm the covenant with many for a seven-year period. It's going to be Israel. They'll confirm Israel's right to exist in the Middle East. It's not going to be a permanent peace agreement. It's going to be an interim peace agreement. The Bible says it'll be seven years. So, I know these are the next two events to occur on God's prophetic timeline. Also, Pete, if in it's in the book or DVDs, or we we talk about it all the time. I've talked about it on your show many times.
14: Mm-hmm.
13: But I want you to understand this: the Bible talks about the fourth seal also there are four horsemen in the book of revelation 6 there uh, there is the a white horse a red horse a black horse and then there's a pale horse which the original greek word for pale there was chloros which is green so a green horse there these are spirits that go forth from before the, the heavens into all the earth controlling the ideologies of mankind the white spirit is catholicism the black the red spirit is socialism or communism the black spirit's capitalism the green spirit is Islamism? Mm. Well, that Islamic spirit is the last thing to arise in the earth, just prior to the Great Tribulation. That's the fifth seal. Now, if you look at the timing of all of this, you can see that Catholicism was established over a thousand years ago. Mm. Socialism and communism. Uh, Karl Marx wrote his Communist Manifesto in uh, what, 1850? Yes. Then the arise of capitalism now you have the rise of islam in the world today yeah and then the bible and that occurs the rise occurs just before the great tribulation also the sixth trumpet war in revelation 9 occurs just before when it talks about the great tribulation in revelation chapter 10. Mm-hmm. so i'm looking at this today and i'm thinking oh my goodness we're getting ready to enter this world war three situation mm-hmm. i don't know if this current conflict Will be, will be the spark that sets it off. But it certainly could be, and we've really got to keep that in mind because, Pete, this has changed me being over here. Israel has declared a state of war. I'm here. I've seen how the country goes in complete lockdown. They've even closed the pool in this hotel here. One of our guys went out today to rent a cab. He was going to take his chances, go out and rent a cab to drive up to – the sea of Galilee, about two hours away. He wanted to see it while he was here. It's his only time he's ever been able to come. And the security guard—they've got uh, IDF forces in all these hotels. The security guard went out to him. And he said, "Where are you going?" He said, "Well, I've, I've rented this cab. I'm going to go up to the Sea of Galilee." And he said, "If you get in that cab, I'll arrest you." He huh. said, "Do you under?" He said, "Do you understand? We are in a state of war. We're mm-hmm. not playing around here." Yeah. He said, "The best thing you can do." Is get back in that hotel and stay here till you catch your flight out of here.
14: Hmm.
13: Now that's a state award. This is what we're living in right. I'm stuck in a hotel right now.
3: You oh, so, so you cannot leave right now.
13: No, well, so I can't go. I can't get a cab and go up into the the restricted areas. So I can get a cab and go down the street if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But when he told the guy I'm going up to Galilee, the guy said, "Nope, I'll arrest you if you try to go up there." Because it's a that's a danger zone. We can't go up there. Um, I was, in other words, I was able to get in our bus and go down here and baptize some people about probably a half mile down the sea. But I'm telling you,
3: I'm laughing. Are, at you're such a warrior. I mean, it's so beautiful that no, yeah,
13: there. Yeah, there are two Apache attack helicopters that are going up and down the Mediterranean seaboard. I mean, every probably 30 minutes, they're flying to, and they've got the long guns. Yeah. I mean, they're ready to go to battle. Yeah, because. When, When the Hamas came through the gate down there, they came through air, land, and sea. They were on gyrocopters. They drove Jeeps, motorcycles through. They got in tons of rubber boats and came out in the Mediterranean, come in that way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was a full-on attack. And what they have done, you guys know, has just been horrific. I mean, this is like Islam plus. Mm -hmm. This is um, uh, Isaac Herzog, the president of Israel, said that Saturday was the most Jews killed in one day since the Holocaust. Wow. And I mean, that's how bad it is here in Israel. And I mean, I've never been in a country, I was born and raised in the United States. I've never been in a country when they go into lockdown like this. But when you hear them sirens go off, you never know. You And you see them iron domes go up and start hitting them missiles. You never know when one of them, two of them came through on us in Jerusalem. And you never know where they're going to hit. Because they're not guided by anything, they just fire them off. But it's very real, and I'm telling you, from all that we're hearing here, it's only the beginning. So it's okay. horrific. So
3: uh, are you uh, are you talking to the locals? And 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 this is uh, only you can tell us because uh, they know they're they 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 live through this. They they live in the holy land. They know uh, the risks that are associated with that. Thankfully, you know they're you know uh, everybody's there. Um, right. But is it is this different are you getting a sense from people that this is much different than let's say the last you know war with the hamas right because uh, i've always seen israel very measured you know if you bomb us we're gonna go bomb you and uh they're no, not I saying that this, they're saying uh, leave or I die
13: this is, this is the worst terrorist invasion i think that israel has experienced now i think they've been certainly the war for independence and different things Um, In the 67 war, they were invaded by nations, but I'm talking about a terrorist proxy invasion. To my knowledge, I think this is maybe the worst one that they've ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And the streets are normally cram packed with people. And when we drove over here from Jerusalem, just a few days ago, we got over here in like 45 minutes. I mean, it was like the, the streets weren't empty but it was nothing like, I mean, I've been on, I don't know how many of these tours, probably 15 or 20. And it's, and it's, it's always cram packed full of people everywhere. And basically the last week, week and a half, the streets have been probably, um, I mean, we were driving through, through Jerusalem almost with very few cars in the streets. I mean, they were telling people to stay home, don't go to work. I mean, they went into complete lockdown. Now, there is some traffic here but it's nothing like it normally is. Mm. Uh and it's and everybody knows and what has happened they have they have um brought back 3 350 to 400,000 reservists. That's what I'm saying. Reservists are coming back from all over the world because this they know that this fight is going to be a long arduous campaign and that they it's not going to be over in a couple days. No. So they're bringing back everybody because that's what I was talking about the ring of fire, Pete. They've got to have reservists in Gaza. They've got to have them up on the Lebanese border and on the Syrian border now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, plus, they're protecting – we have them all in our hotel in Jerusalem. We've got them in our hotel here. Right. So these reservists are going all over the country. Right. Israel, the army's really spread out, and that's uh, – I think that's what the terrorists want, but that's what they have to do. Yes. So it's uh, it's quite quite the horrible situation here.
3: You can't just uh, uh, muster up uh, three, four 400,000 troops, go on an offensive, and not have a good no. defense. You have right. to have, right, and that's spreading out. So they're, I'm already seeing them starting to penetrate north, south, east, west, right, yeah. with, their, with their incursions. I think those are probing things. Uh, right. I, I, wa- I want to mention a couple of things. This is very, very significant. By the way, I'll tell you uh, maybe offline or I'll get word back to you. I was told by, I received direct communications from a high-level general who knows, period. And he knows. This Turkey thing is a major, major, major wild card. Major, okay? So that is a significant event. Here's another thing. Um, The intelligence services, both US and Israeli, they're two of the top of the top. As a matter of fact, all intelligence services, Around the world, you know, use sure. the technology and everything. Both of them. We're not going to say that they failed or it was intentional. You know, if yeah. God's hands on this, nobody's going to know anything. Right. Yeah, really, let's go back to, let's stay God-centered on this. Um, that's another significant event for Israeli intelligence not to know, because they know if a cockroach comes up to a fence. Yeah. There were bulldozers up at a fence. You move bulldozers like that and do what they did and launch an attack, something happened there. Is that not significant?
13: it's It's very significant for the intelligence community. <clears throat> and I think there will come a time. I've read articles since I've been here that there will come a time when heads will roll. However, now we're in a state of war yeah. and it's all hand, <clears throat> excuse me, it's That's all okay. hands on deck at this point. yeah, they're saying hey, heads will roll later. we'll We'll do a we'll we'll go into that on the other side of this, but right now, but I think I've did some research and and I have seen where. There are cameras and different things that have um, that eyed the area where they broke through the fence, and I think they destroyed them cameras and did some other stuff that would allow them to come through there. Mm. But what happened? I my friend that I have here, who's a ex Navy Seal, I wish I could give you his name, but I, he told me not to. But the thing is, is that he said that um, Israel was so preoccupied with this judicial overhaul and with the with the protest and all this governmental bickering and fighting and going back and forth he said they we were we were caught asleep we weren't doing what we knew to do and that's protect our borders because israel's under a constant threat let's just face it Mm -hmm. the world hates israel unless you're just a christian or a jew and i mean they The the international community hates Israel. They're very anti-Semitic. They're surrounded by Arabs. I mean, hundreds of thousands of hundreds of millions of Arabs. And so they took their eyes off the ball, Pete. And that's it. And and it cost them. It cost them dearly. Um, And I think they know that. So there's going to be investigations and different things that come. But uh, I and I just read an article maybe an hour before I came on here that said, we know that we made a mistake and that we, we were caught sleeping a little bit and uh, we paid for it. So now I, yeah. they're gonna set the apple cart up on top and they're going after Hamas with all they've got. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's gonna be a horrific thing over the next week
9: or two.
3: Right. And I, I'm mentioning these things because, you know, of course, staying God-centered, standard, standard, um, you yeah. know, where the, is this on the timeline? How could it escalate? Um, the occurrences now, first of all, for what happened on the other side, for them to succeed in the fashion that they did, uh, is a major event. Intel services yeah, yeah. not knowing it—that's a major event. This isn't just a bunch of terrorists that are, you know, on the other side. They're supported. Oh. This is a long-term planning event. Um, yes. Here's yes. Here's another thing. They certainly did this, their
13: homework. That's for sure. Oh yeah.
3: Around. I mean, it, that's state-sponsored. You cannot succeed yep. oh, yeah. in the fashion yep. they did. Probing the Iron Dome, I know a little bit about that. It's very difficult when you, actually, that system is designed to make sure that within one second, it determines, it can't get everything. But if you've got a missile that has a trajectory that's going to end up in a dirt parking lot, they're not going to go yeah. after that, right? So, and these decisions are made in one second. 5,000 rockets are launched, right? And they were able to still penetrate that. That's a major, major uh, probing of the system, and this is what I'm getting to. Yes. The, and you know that the other side, they're war fighters, they're strategists, they have to strategize. They've been planning the, for this for a long time. They knew that the provocation would cause this next stage. Yes. And there are people that are in tunnels. They're not on the top surface, sitting on right. the 27th floor of a building in uh, in, in Gaza. These are deeply entrant. We're talking about a serious underground infrastructure that's been set. So when Israel crosses, when are they expected to cross? A. And do you expect that that's when the deeply entrenched terrorists underground, that's when it gets really, really nasty? Do you agree?
13: Yeah. So certainly when a ground, and so that's why, um, you know, um, Normandy, storming the beaches of Normandy, think about that. The, normally, when when we're going to have a ground invasion that goes in, the ships were set off, the, off from the beach, and they'll fire in, and they'll soften the territory, so that way when the ground invasion goes in, they're not just hammered to pieces. Well, that's kind of what's going on right now. They're softening the territory so these guys can invade boots on the ground, and they're going to go in, they're going to weed this out. So when that's when the fighting honestly that's when the fighting really starts mm. like you say many of them are entrenched in these in these tunnels they're held up in these buildings where they've already got these huge ammo and um weaponry caches and headquarters in different places israel's going to go in there to wipe that out but i i don't think it's just going to be boots on the ground i think that they're telling the gazans you get out right now because i've just read articles before i came on here they're telling the gazans get out because we're fixing to come in there and basically level the place Yeah, and so they're not messing around
3: and yeah. um the, the word the word i got from what i understand uh, israel has sent the word out leave now or die yep that's what they're that's
13: saying where they're, at. That's yeah. pretty- they're telling well they told the united nations make sure the gazans leave which to me, the United Nations is a paper tiger. I don't even know what they bring them in for, but the fact of the matter is everybody in Gaza knows. And I tell you what, a lot of them were trying to leave and go into Egypt, but Egypt closed the border and wouldn't let them through. Mm. And so they're kind of in, I mean, if you were an innocent person down there and trying to get out, you're in quite a mess. But I I think that, I think they'll make a way for them to do that. Um, I think Egypt is going to open up their border and different things, but, I would not want to be in the way of the IDF because what they, Pete, they tied a Holocaust survivor, old lady, into a wheelchair and burnt her, <laughs> burn her up. So, I mean, what they, everything they've said in the news, them cutting the heads off babies, all this stuff, that stuff's absolutely true. I've got a friend of mine, my friend who was an ID, uh, was a Navy SEAL, he's got a website that he's connected to. And he was showing me pictures of things where they had soldiers uh, cameras here, and they were showing different things. And he showed me some of that. And I said, "Can I get connected to the website?" And he said, "No." He said they change their passcode every two hours. He said, "There's no way." Uh, he said, I'll, "Only I can." And I and I saw it, and I I was it Pete. It's something I've never seen in my life.
14: Mm, mm, mm.
13: And so. What's happening? It's horrific. I'm not trying to sensationalize it. No, I hate right. sensationalistic right. material. Yeah. I'm telling you, this stuff—it's probably worse than we've seen. Yes. And so the thing is, it's just ramping up. Um, the the um, my friend told me he said probably over the next 48 hours, I believe God may be allowing us to get out of the country before the thing kick really kicks off, mm. because when they go in their boots on the ground, that's when literally all hell's going to break loose.
3: Sir, and and you can give this, I take it you can give this out. You are departing when? At what time?
13: So I'm departing uh, right now. It's Friday at 5. At, now it's almost quarter to 4 in the afternoon. I leave at 12.10 in the morning on Sunday. So basically Saturday night, Sunday morning. Tomorrow night I'm leaving. And then my friend told me, he said, it's going to be 48 hours probably before they really take off and go in there. I hope to be somewhere long across the Atlantic before that happens, because oh yeah, I don't be here when that happens. No, that's going to be no. perfect because there's a possibility when they head in the north, in the south, that's when the north will kick off. I mean, they've got they're having to prepare for every contingency, and um, man, I, it's just really a mess. I I see how locked down Israel is. They're not taking. I mean, they're taking all the precautions. where they've shut down the entire Galilee we weren't we weren't even like I told you that the one guy tried to go up there and they they said we'll arrest you if you try to even go up in the Galilee um so
3: it's yeah
13: it's locked down it's locked down right now
3: yes sir okay uh in the remaining moments that I have and thank you for staying with me this uh we're gonna have to kind of condense some things there a lot to talk about so um pardon me if I ask you a question that requires a multi-hour answer because yeah. We're we're going to be studying this thing from now until well, you know we enter the pearly gates. Obviously, sure.
14: yeah.
3: I have been maintaining this focus as to siding with any entity because they're they're doing this worldwide. They're sending out yeah. pictures, war propaganda, nothing like you saw like out of Ukraine. You didn't, we didn't see this. I mean, they're literally like in your face. Babies' heads are being chopped off. Yeah, I just heard about um the uh, the Holocaust survivor being burned. In the, in the wheelchair, that's, I mean, this stuff is out there. They're exploiting that opportunity as well to provoke what they sure. want to come. Um, but I've been saying to myself, I side with two things. I side with Jesus, and I side with humanity. There is sure. no, like listening to a political entity saying that 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 horrifying, the way they're treating human beings, there is a, no thousand or multi-thousands of years of oppression that could justify treating another human being that way. No, no way. Period. We as humans should denounce that, period. Yeah. That's not war, sir. That's barbarianism, is it not? That's not war.
13: Yeah, no. This this goes even past, I think, I know this is going to sound like a crazy statement, but I think it goes past terrorism, Pete. I think it goes into... Like you said, barbarism, it goes into animalistic. In my opinion, I think it's satanic. I don't think that a human finite mind, a normal human finite mind can go where these people have went. I think you have to have a spirit on you that will allow you to go beyond. Yeah. Do this to an innocent people to put two babies in a bed, put their mom and dad on top of them and burn them all alive. Mm. You cannot, you, you can't have a normal working finite mind and do something like that. You got to have a satanic spirit upon you. Yeah. And I think that's what this is. We're fighting a spiritual battle, Pete. Oh, yeah. And so, but, um, you know, obviously Israel is left to to fend for themselves and they're going to go in and fight the physical part of it.
3: I, I didn't bait you, but I knew what the answer was going to be, and you, yep. you nailed it. You did right away. Be- yes. And let me read something to you, and everyone needs to understand sure. this, because I think that these Luciferians, these Satanists, have been working for a long time. And they even, I say that they, they've been studying the book of Revelation and are reverse engineering things. Albert Pike, you know who he is? Mm-hmm. Freemason. He wrote a letter. Uh, to uh, Giuseppe Mazzini uh, in 1815. The third world, he laid out the First World War, the Second World War. This is the other side, by the way. These are the Satanists. Wrote out so what I would come with guy. the First World War. What's that?
13: I didn't know this guy. I didn't know this particular guy. Okay, I I'm going to
3: read, read his words. And by the way, I pulled it from the archives. You can barely find okay. it. But this comes from the Freemason archives, Albert Pike. Um... The First World War, the Second World War, and he wrote that the Third World War is to be played out by stirring up hatred of the Muslim world for the purpose of playing the Islamic world and the political Zionists off against one another. By the way, this is 1815. Israel and Zionism didn't even exist at the time, right? uh, This is going on the remaining nations would be forced to fight themselves into a state of mental, physical, spiritual, and economic exhaustion. And this is what he goes on to say. Everywhere, the people will be forced to defend themselves against the world minority of the world revolutionaries and exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitudes disillusioned with Christianity, whose spirits will be from that moment without direction and leadership, and anxious for an ideal. But without knowledge, where to send its adoration will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer brought finally out into public view. Sir, these are their words, okay? And I basically, at that moment when I read this, I went into a bunker mentality. My Lord is coming and there's nothing that can deter me from that moment when it comes, whether I'm here on planet Earth or not. He is coming, and there's nothing that could exhaust me and cause me to take a knee to Lucifer. I want you to speak to that.
13: Well, so I know that from the prophecies that when the world world government is established in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 through 2, the federalization of nations, the Bible says the dragon or Satan gives it its seat its power and its great authority the principal driver behind the world government in the earth today is satan himself he's trying to establish his physical kingdom here on the earth because he knows god's coming back to establish his kingdom here on the earth and he's going to fight against him the bible says that they will make war with the lamb when he comes back and so the efforts towards a world government which many of these people are involved in that you're talking about. That is driven by by Satan himself, and so that's again that's the the, war is not of God. Mm -mm. War is of Satan, and certainly um, the Bible says that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. This is not war is not of God. Mm -mm. War comes from men's own lustful desires to conquer and to I want to be in charge of this. It's money. It's economics, it is uh, political stuff, it's land, and so it's men's own desires. That's what brings out war. And so what's happening, though, with Iran is that's a religious thing. Mm -hmm. They want Sharia law. So, uh, you know, there's many different dynamics going on here, Pete. I'm not sure I have the answers to all of it, but I do know how it's going to end up. And Mm -hmm. so it's important that we stay on top of it. And, uh, well, let me
12: ask just,
3: you this as we conclude here, and here's uh, my yeah. my most important, um, you know, I, I, I can't speak to this, but I do know that, you know, yeah. the Muslims are being exploited. Shoot, the Palestinians, the plight of the Palestinian. we don't want any people to be oppressed or enslaved, but I believe that they're human shields to this much more sure. devious operation going on behind the scenes, even sure. they're being exploited. But guess what? They have a limited period of time to accept jesus christ and even the the jews in israel what will come through this battle if it is to eventually it will that all of them will be given one final opportunity even the people of israel to accept jesus christ um yes uh speak to that and also uh the people of israel at a certain point in time will will have to flee the holy land and your uh, You can speak to that. I mean, we have to warn the Jews as well, don't we?
13: Jesus said that when you see the abomination of desolation occur, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, whoso readeth, let him understand. So there is a time frame in the end, the final seven years, and a peace agreement with Israel and the Palestinians starts that. Halfway through that, there's the abomination of desolation when the Antichrist will stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple proclaiming to be God. Jesus said, when you see that event occur, let them which be in Judea flee. Mm-hmm. So Judea is the modern-day West Bank. Right. So End Time Ministries is going to help warn those individuals, and we're also going to try to reach Palestinians. You say, well, the Palestinians, they're all satanic. No, they're not. I have friends. I was just at his shop the other day. I have a friend who is a Palestinian who is a converted Christian, folks. Mm. And I was at his shop. He's called the Good Shepherd Store. And my father-in-law knew him for years. I've known him for years. He's a Christian individual just trying to live as a Palestinian. out. And he lives in Bethlehem. I was in Bethlehem the first day that we came here prior to Saturday. It was Friday. And so there are, there are Christians and Jews that I know that have been converted and that they are saved today they've been born again and so pete i'm trying to reach everybody Mm -hmm. not every not every palestinian is a terrorist the problem is is that um there are people that have you know woven their way into that society and different things that are very bad people but there's very bad people in america yeah. And so, um, but not all Americans are bad. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, uh, you just got to, we're going to have but to Satan, do you God. agree? On, Satan
3: God. will use all of these political influencers okay, and, and meanings to do. Yeah, and, and you look at it. It's not that I'm anti-Palestinian. Okay. But the Palestinians yeah. of course are being used as, as pawns, as Cuban shields. They should be denouncing what even their own militants are doing. There is no amount of oppression, um, you know, uh, for a Palestinian, thousands of years to justify what what their militants did uh, to any other human beings. Sir, here's my um, here's my my final p- parting word. What well, we've been yes, praying sir. for you. Please promise us you're going to continue to do updates. Uh, that's the yep, first part. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. And uh, I'm
13: still in contact with these people here. So
3: yeah. And 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 lastly, you know, the the, the main message. I mean, for for all of these political factions, everyone wants to take a side now is the time you're it, it, it's time to make a decision and it, it should be every single day except jesus christ or not you're either on team jesus or or team satan period that's what it's about so and that applies to the jews that applies to the muslims that applies to everybody, everybody. there's only one way out of this okay. situation no matter how traumatic and horrifying it is right
13: that's absolutely correct um that's when i told our group while we're here i mean we're here under lockdown. And I told them, I said, "Look, I'm going to baptize whoever wants to be baptized while we're here, because honestly, Pete, I didn't know if we were going to get on a plane or not. Uh, I, we, when we were over in Jerusalem, I didn't know if we were going to have to stay there, or be locked down in a hotel. I mean, it was, it was, per, it's still really dicey. Thank God, I've got a ticket bought to get out of here.
8: Mm-hmm. Some
13: people that didn't have tickets bought, they were booking pl- flights." Double and triple booking a flight just so people could show up to the airport and hope they got out of here. I mean, oh, I know you
3: uh, well, let me let me say this. OK, I'm not bra- for bragging rights when I said I'm speaking to a general. I mean, I, I didn't cash that token. You were going to get out of there and I know you got great contacts. Yeah. You were going to get out of there. OK, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and this this entire thing that's going on with the State Department saying that you got to pay for your way out. That's ridiculous. Oh. Are you kidding me? We the people will get Americans out there's a lot of that a lot more of them above and beyond your group no. aren't there I
13: think I think there they said there's close to half a million people that are Americans and different people that are trying to get out of the country we wow. had somebody mm. we've got a contact through the Pentagon that was trying that is working with the Pentagon that was trying to get us out and they wanted us to pay uh, get a charter plane and everybody on the trip to pay eleven thousand dollars a piece
3: a promissory note a try- so is it true? That they were asking you to pay a promissory note? Is that correct? Uh, to, yes, to pay well, back?
13: So I don't know if it was the promissory note. This was something di- different. They contacted us like last Monday mm. before the promissory note thing. And they said, hey, we've got some people that are coming with a charter plane, fly your group out, but it's $11,000 piece. It was going to be over $400,000 for me to get my group out of here. Oh, my God. And I said, that. Is, I said, you guys are trying to, I mean, they're trying to, it's price gouging. They were trying to just, make money off of this mm. and i said i'm i am I said you know what i think we're in a safe spot we're going to hunker down here and everybody's got a ticket we're going to keep the group together and we're going to get out of here uh when we can and i do know i read i read an article in the jerusalem post today that some people went to the airport and tried to get out there was no t- flights so they called the u.s embassy and the u.s embassy basically told them you're on your own that was in the Jeru- either Jerusalem Post, Times of Israel, or something. Mm. And I thought, my goodness. I mean, I you know, I've always heard that if in times of trouble like that, you go to the embassy. Mm. But um, the embassy has proved to be not much help during this.
3: I have to say this as we part. Um, you, you have great contacts, great resources, all that. And know that you have a huge backup. You will be getting out. And you and I, at a certain point in time in the future, are going to go back.
13: Let's do it. I'm We're I'm ready. going to go
3: back, sir. Yep. Uh, thank you. God bless you. Continue to provide updates to us. Uh, we're so honored that you come on, Pastor Dave. Yes, thank sir. you very much. All right. God bless Wow. You, God bless you, too. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody remain prayerful. Everyone remain focused. We're going to take sides. One side. Throw your jersey on. Team Jesus or Team Satan. That's it. Stay focused on that uh, and all these other factions that are being used energetically by by Satan. And, uh, you know, they, they have a limited period of time. Um, we side with humanity. And first and foremost, we side with Jesus. And I'm not unapologetic in stating that. And you're not gonna be harmed by that suggestion. No one will be. I have Dr. Kirk coming on. It's been long uh, planned, uh, important economic news coming. And do not go away. I have, I say it's always the big show this one's going to be the biggest show what i'm going to lay out is who's been supporting the jihadists for many many years uh and they're from the united states of america and i'm going to lay that out don't go away
7: this is austin steinbar and you are tuned
8: in to the pete santilli show Hmm? the world is about to shift Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of Central Bank Digital Currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you.
1: I'm excited to announce that you've all made My Pillow 2.0 a huge success. And with your amazing support, we've been able to expand My Pillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our percale bedsheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only $39 a set, queen's 35, full's 29 and twin size just $25. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets, And because of this, I've been able to add more colors, sizes, and even prints. And they're still at closeout prices. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my king size, only $39 a set, queens $35, full $29, and twin size just $25. Order now, once they're gone, they're gone for
8: good. Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well being. Get your 60 day, no risk, money back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com.
7: This is Austin Steinbar, and you
8: are tuned in to the Pete Santilli Show. The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, Ph.D. 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you.
1: I'm excited to announce that you've all made My Pillow 2.0 a huge success, and with your amazing support, we've been able to expand My Pillow's USA manufacturing and jobs. And to make room for this, we're clearing out a line of our Percale bed sheets. And to thank you, I'm bringing them to you at closeout prices. Use your promo code and you get my king size for only thirty nine dollars a set, queens thirty five, fulls twenty nine, and twin size just twenty five dollars. I'm interrupted this commercial to let you know that we've received the last two shipments of these percale bed sheets and because of this I've been able to add more colors, sizes and even prints, and they're still at closeout prices so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now use your promo code and you'll get my king size only $39 a set Queens $35 full $29 and twin size just $25 order now once they're gone they're
8: gone for good Cardio Miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin D supplement in the world. Made from the highest quality ingredients, Cardio Miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well being. Get your 60 day, no risk, money back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com.
3: Dr. Kirk Elliott, uh, right in the middle of World War Stupid. We have to pay attention to the financials. A lot of stuff's going on right in parallel with it. You know, you could be, you know, choosing a side in this this big battle. I'm sure the global um, oil markets are going crazy, the monetary system's going crazy. We just got an update from Israel very credible source who's telling us that what we've seen up to this point is the very very beginning so it's the very beginning so the signs uh, of course uh, in the markets the volatilities you know yeah the precipice of world war i'm calling it world war stupid it's just crazy justification for any of what we're about to see was you know outside of my pay grade but dr kirk is here to help us make sense as this thing starts to unravel daily, and sir, I haven't spoken to you since World War Stupid kicked off. But <laughs> are you, what has it done to the market so far? And we're only here. We're hearing that it's only the beginning,
10: right? Well, I I think it is only the beginning. Even even President Trump spoke in New Hampshire what four four days ago, hmm. and they gave a dire warning. Said this is the beginning of World War Three like mm. oof yeah those are kind of like fighting words there right but yeah. oh yeah but yeah i mean so so you look at the you look at why this is happening and and what what's happened so far it's like well I don't, I don't know if we know why but you know we people said well we nobody saw this coming it's like well a lot of people did see it's coming it was the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur war one of the bloodiest wars in israeli history right And yeah. now they're doing it again and today is um you know uh, organized protests or whatever um for jihad or whatever or pro- i don't know what you would call it all over Some,
3: the, the, the halloween war it's october what was it friday the 13th in october i mean this is that's why i call it world war stupid you couldn't make this up here we are in october yeah. we're gonna do the the great holiday protest worldwide uh for the jihad i'm like ah yeah. this is all nasty that's going on
10: so So wars are never good for the economy. I I don't care what Janet Yellen says. Uh, (laughs) Because, um, you know, she had said that the Russia-Ukraine war was the best thing for the global economy. But it's like, no. I mean, short, short, short term, you could make a case for that argument, right? Because when, when war starts, you know, you have to hire a bunch of people to make bullets, you know, and ammunition and weapons and tanks and, you know, everything else, right? And all the support that comes with it but where does that money come from well it comes from money that they're printing out of thin air it's not like we have it laying around in this coffer saying okay this is this is earmarked for for war stuff right no they just print it and that causes inflation and and everything else so the medium to long term implications are always devastating to to the markets of of war and a prolonged war is going to be even worse is Is people die. I mean, war is not a good thing, right? And then uh, the inflationary pressures that come with it financially, the political fracturing that, that comes from it. I mean, we're starting to see that even now. So, Mm. so when, when Hamas started, you know, shooting missiles into Israel earlier, earlier in the week or last weekend, whenever it started, I can't even remember the exact date, but, but, um, you know, so what, what happened? Netanyahu starts to fight back, Right and cuts off supplies, food and water, and and life support. Right, For the, no no Red Cross, no anything going to Gaza Strip. Mm. So so now you're getting political factions, countries now picking sides. Like Zelensky in Ukraine said, "This is an act of terrorism." It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Which side? We the the first <laughs> missiles going over? No, he was he was <laughs> talking about Israel. You know, kind of fighting back and defending themselves and cutting off food and water to Gaza. None of this is good, Pete. None of this is none of this is good. And it is going to have ramifications, not just politically um, but but financially. So so most recent estimate as of yesterday morning is that oil, because where is Israel? It's right, smack dab in the Middle East, right? So so oil and is Saudi expected-
3: Arabia Saudi Arabia weighed in, too.
10: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, oil is expected to hit a hundred and fifty dollars a barrel because of this conflict alone, mm. right? So, so where is it now? It's in the mid nineties, and so just just the last couple of days, I just got back. You know, two days ago, I was in California with with the family at a at a gala for a, a nonprofit called Project Rescue that that we support as a company. That rescues women and children from from sex trafficking. An amazing ministry nonprofit, right? Is so that true? but yeah, I mean it was it was really cool. But while I was there, mm. I had to get gas right, in the <laughs> rental car. I go to the gas station, six dollars and ninety-one cents a Whoa! gallon. Oh. So so I'm thinking, okay, that's with oil at 93 something dollars a barrel. Goes to 150, that's over a 50% increase. Technically, $14. Yeah. That should put gas prices at close to $10 a gallon. Jeez. When, when most of America is already strapped, already living hand to mouth, already living at the margin, already having to make horrible decisions of, well, should we pay our, our rent or utilities this month or should we buy food? I mean, these are, these are dilemmas that, that a lot of families in America are having to go through. Well, imagine... The price of oil going through the roof cost of transportation to get to work to travel mm. cost of heating your home or getting into the winter months I mean it's it's going to have a trickle-down effect in a negative way as this war in in Israel and and you know with Hamas and the Palestinians is is basically saying well we're going to have some disruptions here of of things that we produce being oil right so I that I think that's going to be very detrimental. It's also going to play right into the cards for the globalists who want EV vehicles, who want green energy, and saying, "Well, look at Thank the price you. of petroleum. it's can way I, too high."
3: Can I provoke you? By the way, we're going to shoot for 30 minutes, and and like I said, uh, if I'm long-winded, we'll pu- push it out a little bit further. But I want to. I know your time is valuable, and we we have to reconvene a little bit later too. Um. Um. But can you? Can I provoke you to pick on Biden and his policies about First of all, are depleted um, strategic reserves. And secondly, pulling up stakes on all, you know, from Anwar to the Keystone Pipe. This is the wrong th- policy right now. Oh. Our policies are so horrifying right in the middle of World War stupid. Can you pick on World Biden fun. for me?
10: I mean, stupid is the key word that's this common thread that goes through everything in this administration right now. The war being one of them, but but basically, increasing our uh, dependence on foreign oil, not decreasing. It's like, I thought all this green energy was going to decrease our our need for foreign oil. Well, because of the inflationary pressures that we've seen over the last year, I mean, inflation skyrocketing, what has the Biden administration done? They, They basically reduced our strategic oil reserves to almost zero. So they've been using it so we wouldn't have to buy stuff on the open market. And when you do that, you're not buying it when when oil and gas prices are going up. Well, you're you're technically kind of artificially understating inflation, right? So they they did that to, to kind of help themselves. But but what is the strategic oil reserves for? It's to be kept for times of war. It's like okay, hello, <laughs> look where we're at right now. But see, after the BRICS nations met, the end of August. Um, some some pretty big events happened in that meeting from August 22nd to 24th, when Putin said we're gonna de-dollarize the world, right? And and get rid of the petrodollar and, and get rid of the world's reserve currency. So in in basically with all of these countries dismant decoupling themselves from the petrodollar needed to fund all international settlements of oil, uh we we don't have that demand. So now we've got to print like there's no tomorrow, which is gonna cause inflation. But right after that opec met and said we're cutting production on oil mm. right so did they know what was coming mm. you know with this this conflict possibly so i mean a lot of the country's politicians are, are interrelated and they, they possibly knew right because now you know when they cut production and we have to replenish our strategic oil reserves at higher prices that's that's kind of economic warfare 101 against the West. But now, with the conflict, the prices are going to shoot through the roof, estimates of another 50% higher. Yeah. Now we've got to replenish it at even higher numbers. <sighs> I mean, everything that we're seeing coming out of this administration is economically devastating.
3: All right, sir. I'm the, I'm just uh, an organ grinder monkey. You know, I'm just out there just trying to figure out, make sense of... But at the same time, you know, I'll look back at the uh, you know organ grinder monkey, right? And I'm looking back at the organ grinder, and he's just playing all the wrong music right now for me to be filling the cup up and and getting everybody energized for for what's to come out in the future. And I say this, and I it's a stupid analogy because guess what? If I were running the United States of America, it didn't matter what my EV you know, policy's all about. They're still talking about global warming is the greatest threat. Forget about World War, stupid. And I'm like, okay, well that's uh, not a high priority right now. And I'm looking at this as just an organ grinder monkey. All of the world's choke points right now are being threatened with shutdown. We're literally right now on the precipice of that. That's a given. Forget about World War III. All of the choke points are gonna be impacted. The global oil markets, whether impacted or not, you have to be planning that when all the global uh, choke points get get uh, get cut off, what are we going to be doing? We are are we are are we not in a national security crisis with our oil reserves being down and us not impacting the futures market to say, guess what? We're opening up the floodgates. We're not ready for EVs, uh, but because of what's going on on the global stage, we're going to be chopping in. We're opening up Anwar Keystone pipelines open. You see what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm just. I'm dumb, but then again, I'm not. Um, Our policies right now are a national security risk.
10: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, Not only not only national security risk, but um, recession risk. You know, from looking at it um, economically, which is the worst possible time for this to happen. Mm. When you've got national security issues, we've got currency collapses. With our dependency on all these other nations, I, I would actually add into that, that's a national security risk when you allow all these other countries that, that are uh, not liking America, like China and, and the BRICS nations and others, um, have tons of U.S. treasuries. Like mm. still, China, had well, they, got, they dumped like 100 billion last month of U.S. treasuries to put them on the open market to really hurt the U.S., They still have like probably 900 billion left because they had about a trillion. Um, If they start to dump those on the open market, actually destroys the value of the U.S. dollar. I would say allowing countries to have that much control of our U.S. treasuries is a national security risk, too, because it can destroy the economy. Mm -hmm. Right. So, So you're looking at all of these things that are happening, and this all points towards not a recession like what we've, you know, think like the Great Depression, right? Uh, mm. Huge recession, nobody working, because recession points towards the business cycle. How many people are working? How many people are getting laid off? What's spending like? You know, that's recession when output is coming down, right? Um, when it hits bottom, that's a depression, right? So so you you can be in a recession for a long time, getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then numerous quarters in a row, then the definition changes to depression Mm -hmm. from a recession so this is where we are right so so you look at a couple of big things here um deutsche bank um basically came out with their kind of prognosis or prediction for for 2024 um they studied 34 of the past u.s recessions to identify key warning signs and found that all four of these warning signs are flashing red right now right so Mm. so number one is a rapid rise in interest rates 69 percent probability that that's going to cause a recession right and well we've got rapidly rising rates almost every month for the last 11 they've been going up right but but over over the last 18 months the federal funds rate went up roughly 5.2 percentage points right from like almost zero to, to where we are today now an inflation spike, it's a second factor, you know, pushing towards in recession in 2024, 77% chance that this one causes a recession. Well, yeah, we're seeing inflation or tons of it. Look at the gas prices I just talked about. In mm. California, the cost of housing, the cost of rent is going up. Now, Biden's bragging about how they've won this war on inflation. It's like, no, you haven't. You you, you truly haven't. Um mm or else you'd start reducing interest rates because, but but they're, they're not, they put a pause on them when, and the pause on interest rates, you know, it's going to have the net effect of gold and silver starting to go through the roof. Right. So, so the news that just came out this morning, like literally 30 minutes ago,
14: mm-hmm.
10: what the, you know, we're probably going to have a prolonged pause on interest rates is what they're saying. I, I doubt that that's necessarily true um but because you have to raise rates to slow down inflation because we're seeing inflation rear its ugly head but the talking points are we can have a prolonged pause on interest rate hikes gold up like 25 bucks silver up like 60 cents this morning um so they they need to actually complete their narrative and their statements that they're winning this battle well smart markets know that like the bond market's a very smart market. The mm-hmm. stock market's kind of a dumb market. If I were to personify them, um, stock market responds to sound bites. You know, Jim Cramer shouting from the rooftops, right? And it's like, Stupid. okay, that impacts. <laughs> the bond market is not. The bond market is insurance companies, it's pension funds, it's hedge funds. Um, the bond market's very savvy as is the gold and silver market, right? So this news that we're seeing with geopolitical conflict and the inflationary pressures, that's why bonds are tanking Mm. and gold and silver are starting to soar really they're starting to soar okay
3: can i put it oh just put one one quick chart quick chart ready so we've been talking for weeks as a matter of fact i've received messaging from multiple people they're like oh you know the dollar is going to survive it's strong you know gold is here it is watch this gold is going down that's the left side of this chart right and then we've got a major geopolitical circumstance that caused gold as it was going down, right, to boom. The Israeli con- uh, uh, conflict um, shot it up to over. Now we're looking at $1,900. So here's my question to you. If I had $100,000 my, you know, available to go purchase gold yesterday, right, let's say yesterday or a week ago, and you throw it on the table, and it goes up twenty five dollars, right? Um as a percentage, I mean, of a hundred thousand dollars, you would have you you will have made, right, and hedged against all of this other stuff a considerable amount, correct?
10: Well, yeah, with gold being around two thousand dollars, if it goes up twenty five bucks, you're up like a little over one percent. Right. You know, maybe one and a quarter percent, right? right. So so yeah, and in your example of a hundred thousand, yeah, you probably made twelve hundred bucks, just yeah. just like that, right? right. So so these are, but I would actually have gone into silver. Um, silver is actually percentage-wise doing, doing even better with these inflationary pressures that we're seeing. You're, you're seeing that. But but the point is, the bigger picture point, um, tangible assets do very well during times of inflation, right? And then you've got the gold and silver complex that, that to me, more than, even more than an inflationary hedge um, they act as a, a political barometer, right? So, so let me explain that. When if you look back to like the Reagan years from the early eighties, and mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say Reagan's policies spanned Bush and Clinton after him. You know, it's like a twenty year span. Mm-hmm. really, you know, his his policies economically lasted. Even even Clinton, who was not part of the same political party, said no. <laughs> I'm not gonna fix something i'm not stupid right if it's if it's not broken right reagan's economy was amazing for america i'm gonna keep the same policies right yeah so they they lasted for like 20 years um gold in 1983 was like 250 bucks an ounce and in 2002 it was like 258 so yeah. it went up eight dollars in 20 years why because everybody in america was fat and happy right so the Cold War was over. The Berlin Wall came down. Newt Gingrich had this contract with America. And oddly, Democrats and Republicans were negotiating, talking, and making deals, right? It was like, yeah, what? what is this? I mean, people getting along? Are you joking? It's like, would that would be amazing to have that today. But they also had lowering interest rates and lowering taxes. Paul, Reagan's policies were incredible. That caused stocks, bonds, real estate, mutual funds, everything to go up. And and because politically we were, I would say we were at a time of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, there was really no no demand for gold. And so it went up eight dollars in, in 20 years, but the stock market boomed during that time, right? So oh, yeah. So now you look at the political barometer today, it's not that, right? It's like it's the opposite. It's it's the barometer that that. You know, when, when a hurricane's coming into town and it really starts to sink, it's like, we better get out of Dodge and think the eye is coming right towards us, right? So so that is where we are right now. The political, the economic consequences of political action are are bearing its, its ugly head. And you're starting to see gold and silver really do very well because of that.
3: Right. Awesome. 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 I say awesome in that we're not um i'm not the great karnak you aren't either uh we're, we're not making pre- predictions you you take a look at really stupid policy you know is going to produce a certain type of result um yeah. it's kind of easy as blatant as they are putting you know uh, our national security at risk by pushing a you know a global warming agenda and electric vehicles right in the middle of a tornado you know, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Joe Biden and his administration coming into a town that's been decimated by a category, a, what is it, an F5 tornado? Talking about, well, you need electric vehicles. What <laughs> we need, we need gasoline in the trucks to come get all this garbage and get it out of here. What are you doing? Well, in the future, it would be a great idea and everything, but we need diesel in the tractor trailers. You know, the, uh, the trucks to get all the trash out of here. I, I'm using a stupid analogy, but it, it's, well, it's It's
10: not it's not really that stupid. I mean, we don't want Biden going into a town after a disaster. I mean, he went into Ohio recently, you know, that that got hit with the train wreck last year and all the toxic spills in the river and in the in the Ohio River and all that stuff. And what did he say? People were complaining and booing him and protesting and saying, why didn't you show up before? It's like you know, we're the year after this thing happened. Yeah, yeah. He said, "I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been busy traveling around the world." <laughs> it's like, okay, stupid answer. Yeah, when pro- people are hurting,
3: their priority <laughs> stack. I've heard oh, this term before. The priority so stack dumb. is way, way out of line. And then he went away. to
10: Hawaii after the island burned up. And what did he say there? He's "You know, people lost their homes, they lost their lives, they lost their future."
3: I'll give you seven hundred and fifty bucks.
10: Yeah. And he said, I had a kitchen fire once. It's like, but don't, (laughs) don't go. I mean, Uh, seriously, don't go into towns and try to console them because you say dumb things that just hurt people even worse. Right. So, so anyways, we've got this, this to kind of finish this thread of recession coming, right. You've got inflated oil prices coming from Israel, Palestinian conflict, um, at the worst possible time. Because Deutsche Bank, you know, we already talked about two of their signals towards recession. Here's the big one to me. We have an inverted yield curve, inverted yield curve, 74% of the time pushed towards recession. So what is an inverted yield curve? So imagine if you're buying a house, this will explain, um, you could do a 15 year mortgage or a 30 year mortgage, right? The 15 year has a lower interest rate than a 30 year mortgage because it for, I would hate to be an economist for a mortgage company, right? Because it's almost an impossible task to try to determine, okay, 30 years down the road, is this family that we're giving money to, are they going to basically keep their jobs? What's the economy going to look like 10, 20, 30 years down the road? What's the real estate market going to look like 10, 20, 30 years down the road? So a lot of unknowns, right? Because it's way too long of a time horizon. Sure. So you always have a higher interest rate on a 30-year mortgage than you would on a fifteen. Because you have this time element of unknown.
3: Much more risk, yeah.
10: Yeah, so longer-term rates are always higher than than shorter terms in a normal world. However, right now we've got an inverted yield curve where where interest rates are higher on shorter-duration bonds than they are the longer ones, which what does that tell us? That tells us that immediately in the short term, they're expecting something nasty to happen, and the economy is really bad right here, right now, and, and it can't get much worse, and it's probably going to be better down the road. So the, the the yield curve inverts, and shorter-term duration bonds are higher than longer ones. That's what we have right now, which to me is the biggest signal that we're, we're going into into recession. Then the last one, oil price shock, 45% chance of causing recession. Well, we've got that, right? We, we're seeing prices starting to soar just, in, just since – The Israeli-Palestinian conflict started, oil has gone up 4%. It wasn't even like a week, right? I mean, so you're starting to see these spikes, and I think it's just the beginning. Now, with the BRICS nations that met the end of of August, de-dollarizing the world, no more demand for U.S. dollars. We have to print our way out of it. That causes um, inflation to rise and therefore interest rates rise. But It's like, wait a second, Kirk. You're talking about both, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here because you're talking about inflation and interest rates having to rise. But why then did they just pause inflation hikes? Well, they paused them because they're telling us that they they are winning this war on inflation. But Mm. here's where it starts to get weird, right? So they paused, but what happened to mortgage rates since they paused a few weeks ago? They're going up. It's like, wait, I thought, I thought that mortgage rates were tied. To the official Fed funds rate that they just paused. Why are mortgage rates increasing? Because now a 30-year mortgage is around close approximately eight (laughs) percent nationally. If you're to get a loan, about eight percent on a 30-year mortgage. They've gone up and up and up and up. So, so here's where if you're Wells Fargo, Citibank, Bank of America, and you're and you're giving out 30-year mortgages, you're if you're the economist there, you're thinking, I don't care if the Fed paused rates. We're lending out our money and our equity to somebody who probably isn't going to be able to pay us back within the next 30 years. Maybe they're going to default. We don't know. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, we're going to raise our internal rates because this is our money that we're lending. So even though interest rates paused, rates on mortgages are still going up. Rates on car loans are still going up. Rates on credit cards are still going up. Because banks don't want to lend out in this environment, so they're adding a risk element to the interest rates. So their rates are continuing to go up. This tells me that there's a problem looming on the horizon.
3: Sure. Um, so, yes, a lot of volatility, a lot of uncertainty. Are I always say this? Our our listening audience is a, I say it, an older demographic as far as age is concerned uh, relative to. You know, your retirement, your nest egg, it's not like you can go out and, you know, risk it up at the age of 25 and be able to recover by making a a bad move. Um, You can't afford to be making any mistakes. So you need somebody with decades of experience in looking at this, taking a look and consulting with you and saying, okay, you've got your retirement, your 401k. Let's take a look at the timeline. This is your age. You need to be able to stretch this out this is the best way to preserve what you've built up up to this point going forward um you're going to call 720-605-3900 speak to what's the process by the way tell everyone when they pick up the phone and call and say all right i want to speak to dr kirk are you going to answer
10: yeah so one i mean I, I, I say hear. you're going gonna... to, I, I, I never, <laughs> you have a great phone. team is what I'm trying to get at. Right. <laughs> I, I yeah. never answered the phone, Yeah. but I have an amazing team that does. Exactly. We have like eight or nine just schedulers, right? They're always answering the phone. So yeah, we'll answer the phone and, and what will happen is they'll ask you a couple of questions like, Hey, what was it that Pete and Kirk were talking about that caused you to want to reach out? We want to hear your dreams, your goals, your fears, your concerns, and, and, then get you um on a schedule with one of our advisors who will dig in deep and help map out a strategy using tangible assets like gold and silver to help hedge and protect and preserve in this inflationary environment. Right. So so we want to make the the transition easy, the burden light. You know, my team will will fill out paperwork, you know, cross T's dot i's for you. You just have to sign some things and and then we handle the asset transfer process because a lot of people don't reach out because they'll say, I've never done gold and silver pour. I don't know what to do. This is scary. It's like, what? Who's? How, where are we going to store all this stuff? Right. Common questions. And it's like, you could take delivery of it at home if you want, or you could set up a depository account and store it. No right or wrong answer. Right. Mm-hmm. We just want to help you to a point of peace to be in the right place at the right time. So, so that's kind of how the process works. You just call, answer a few questions, get on to their advisors. And then this is where our relationship journey begins, right? Because most people don't watch gold and silver markets like a hawk. They wouldn't know when to get out. You know, that's that's what we do, right? So we'll always let you know it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge, do whatever needs to be done. Because we do watch those markets like a hawk. And we want to make sure you're in the right place at the right time the majority of the time. Now, when I say gold and silver, like in an IRA, retirement plans, your brokerage accounts, I'm not talking about paper versions, Pete. Mm. I'm not talking about ETFs, mining, shares, mutual funds. They don't act the same. They act differently. I'm talking about physical, tangible coins or bars, right? In the silver world, 100-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars. Maximize your ounces. Minimize your cost with cheap, low-cost bullion that somebody needs to take delivery of because it's a physical thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we're talking about when we talk about metals. Don't let... um Advisors trick you into thinking that paper versions are the same. That they're 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 not the same.
3: No. Uh, and, and you know. Plus, I also know. I, I can only conspiracy theorize, of course. Um, that if everyone were to take their paper and go uh, to the window and cash out and get their gold bar, there wouldn't be enough, would there?
10: No, there, there wouldn't be enough. And, and we can look at usdebtclock.org real quick. I'm just pulling it up on my screen right now. And it shows the paper to silver ratio as we speak is 236.46 to one. That means there's for every, they've got 236 contracts of paper silver for every one ounce of deliverable silver that's not much right that's right for a short squeeze right as, as people want if they were to say i want physical delivery of this paper contract there's only one ounce for every 236 contracts written right it's mm-hmm. like okay this is bad right so so this is where paper is is like this shell game it's it's i'm not saying it's a ponzi scheme because that's a, a legitimate thing but it's but it's something that's not really grounded in reality when you have that many paper contracts and only one ounce of physical silver for every 236.36 paper contracts.
3: Right, exactly. So ETFs on paper, physical gold and silver is uh, is certainly the best, sir. Um, all right, 37 minutes, 37 minutes with us. Thank you for joining me. Look forward to talking to you in a little bit here. And then of course, ladies and gentlemen, you- I'm saying you're in good hands. I say this all the time. I'm getting nothing but really, really positive feedback about your team and the way you're handling things. And, and that, you know, uh, I've been doing this since 2011. Um, it's it, it, you know, especially in such volatile times. You know, people are really, really on edge, and I've never once had anybody say any anything negative about either. They're in really good hands when they pick up the phone and call you is what I'm trying to say. And I want to applaud you and commend you. Well, thank and, and, you. And please thank your team for making that happen. Because we uh, we care about everybody that's listening to us. We do. Both you and I do. And and everyone does. So thank you. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, here's what I want to do. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you, you uh, My pleasure. joining me. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to stay uh, right there because... On the other side, on the other side of this thing, we're going to cover today's top news headline. This is going to be the most important segment I think I've ever done since we've gotten started uh, in this thing. So stay right there. You don't want to miss this. We will be right back right after this.
8: that
15: changed the federal reserve hi i'm ron paul i know what you're thinking another gold commercial but don't put the tv on mute you owe it to yourself to listen stock markets may be high right now but they'll eventually fall and when they do your retirement savings will fall along with them call the experts at gold co today to learn more about how easy it is to invest in gold with a gold ira
11: call 855-614-1681 or visit goldco.com forward slash pete
8: cardio miracle is the finest and most comprehensive nitric oxide and vitamin d supplement in the world made from the highest quality ingredients cardio miracle is driven and backed by science and committed to your health and well-being Get your 60-day, no-risk, money-back guarantee now at CardioMiracle.com.
1: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from Pillow: Towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. This is crazy. Get rid of it. How's that
11: actually work? The new MyPillow towels are exclusively made with 100% USA combed cotton with proprietary technology and with maximum absorbency. They dry you faster and are guaranteed to work.
1: I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled MyPillow. And to thank you for all your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. Go to MyPillow.com to get deep discounts on all My Pillow products. For example, you get my dog beds for as low as $19.99 or for a limited time you can get my six piece towel sets regularly 109.99 now only 39.99 the lowest price ever with your promo
8: code banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world but in 2022 that changed the federal reserve pulled out 2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks and the fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott PhD at 720-605-3900. Be sure to tell him Pete Santilli sent you.
3: Everybody stay right there, all right? Do not go away. I'm not overblowing this, all right? I literally have, how many years now?
0: Since 2011,
3: right?
16: 2011. Been a while.
3: Preparing um, a presentation, all right, that you're about to see, connecting a lot of dots. It is unmistakable uh, what I'm about to say um, and, and I'm gonna be so brash to say this I'll be able to present the case on the other side of what I'm gonna say that the, the true jihadists okay mm-hmm. that have hijacked the United States of America all right they not only hate Israel okay but they've been planning for this moment in time whether it's you believe it's in time or not uh, the bottom line is everything that you're about to see as far as munitions and geopolitical destruction has been leading up to um, destruction of of Israel, period, and they are American, and mm-hmm. their faces, the front faces, are as follows: mm-hmm. Barack Obama. Like if Israel were to say, "Oh my goodness, all oh, this bad stuff happened with these Palestinians. Let's go bomb Hamas." Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Um, you know, uh, maybe there's a lot of money in that. Uh, but if you were really smart, it's a controversial statement. If Israel was really concerned about its long term survival, they should fire a missile at Barack Obama. <laughs> okay? Uh, oh, uh, boy. And then the second missile should be fired right into the keister <laughs> of Hillary Clinton. All right? And mm. then set a really fiery one and send it john brennan just those three people alone three missiles three people they're the front face of this thing that's been going on for decades and i'm going to back it up
14: Mm -hmm.
3: in their own words right if you're concerned about the jihad and what they intend to do and what the luciferians want to do all right you're about to hear in their own words what they intend to do and what side they're on they're americans that have hijacked the united states of america and have taken billions and tens of billions, if not trillions of dollars, offshore
14: mm-hmm.
3: for the purposes of the destruction of Israel. If Netanyahu wasn't on their side, he'd be firing missiles at Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. All right? And I'm not joking. So everybody stay right there. And we're going to come back and comment. It's going to be difficult for me to play this thing all the <laughs> way through.
4: And not say And anything. not
3: comment. But I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it all the way through. You listen to the words of everybody you're about to hear. They've set the stage for what's going on in Israel, and Netanyahu thinks, you know, let's go get the homeless guy, you know, at the uh, the, the dumpster, mm-hmm. and that and that's, you know, Hamas. Uh, that I think that he's going to make a lot of money just from firing missiles at the wrong people because the true enemies. The, the jihadists in this holy war, who hate Israel, um, are these people right here? The U.S. jihadists hating Israel. Uh, so let's, uh, without further ado, let's let's listen to the jihadists. Here they are. Hmm. What? Really?
8: وَصَالِكُمَ الْقَضَاءَ عَلَيْكُمْ حَتَّى لَا يَبْقَى يَهُودِيٌّ وَلَا عَلَى
13: وَجْهِ الْأَرْضِ عَقِيدَتُنَا فِي قِتَالِكُمْ أَنَّنَا عَلَى
4: أَبِيكُمْ وَلَنْ نُبْقِيَ مِنْكُمْ الذي يسفر فيها ويباد
7: فيها
2: ابنائهم اللهم عليك باليهود ومن if
6: if we don't step up uh, boldly and courageously to
2: end the the imperialist project that's called Israel um we're doomed so to all of those that are out there that are supporting the black lives matters organization and performing acts of capitulation like kissing and washing the feet of those very people that are advocating and committing violence and, uh, and especially those who are in uniform and swore a constitutional o- oath who are kneeling with and supporting black lives matters organizations you need to know that Black Lives Matters is, in fact, a communist organization. The riots in the United States were never peaceful protests, which some say were hijacked. And they have nothing to do with a black man who died in police custody in Minneapolis. I mean, the riots have, they've always been communist-led riots. And the fact is, Black Lives Matters is working with the United States' Muslim Brotherhood and terrorist groups like Hamas, which is a terrorist organization doing business as CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations. And other Muslim Brotherhood groups are also working with communists at the ground level. Now, the communist Islamic counter states were waiting for a flashpoint to use to launch their offensive. And the incident in Minnesota provided exactly that. Now, I know you probably are grasping for air right now, but you need to know all the information before you before you decide to support this organization. Now, the fact is, two pro-China Communist parties, Freedom Road Socialist Organization and Liberation Road are playing leading roles in coordinating the often violent protests that are now occurring across the United States. Freedom Road Socialist Organization is very clear on their website that they are part of the effort to create a communist system in the United States. The three founders of Black Lives Matters are Alicia Garza, Patrice Kohlers, and Opal Tometi. Now, Alicia Garza has held executive leadership positions in several Freedom Road socialist organizations. And Opal Tometi, she can be seen here in a photo with Venezuela's communist dictator, Nicolas Maduro. Now, Patrice Kohlers has called for Black Lives Matters followers to rise up and burn everything down in cities across America. And that is exactly what we see happening today. Black Lives Matters was founded by Marxist communists born from the leading communist organization in America today, which is the Freedom Road Socialist Organization and Hamas doing business as care is also supporting these actions. This is intentional and coordinated. So now that you know the facts, who do you support our constitutional Republic? Or, you, or do you support the Marxists and Jihadis who are using a tragedy as a flashpoint to violently attack and take down our constitutional republic? It's time to decide. Uh,
15: um, Mr. Brennan uh, did convert uh, to this law when he served in an official capacity on uh, behalf of the United States of Saudi Arabia. And, and that fact alone is not what is most disturbing and makes him unfit for duty. What makes him unfit for duty was his conversion at Islam was the culmination of a counterintelligence operation against him to recruit him and the fact that foreign intelligence service operatives recruited mr brennan when he was in a very sensitive and senior u.s government position in a foreign country means that he is either a traitor which is which i'm not saying but that's one of the options and he did this all willingly and knowingly or he did it unwillingly which and unwittingly which means he is naive and does not understand he has the inability to discern and understand how to walk in those kind of environments, mm-hmm. which makes him
4: completely unfit to be
12: the director of sexual intelligence. Yeah, uh, tough question. Certainly that uh, Brennan has has made comments to that effect uh, within the agency. I personally never heard him say any of those things, but uh, others have heard him say that. So I, I believe the, the the claim is true that he converted to Islam.
11: Wait a minute. You're saying that you never heard... Brennan say he converted to Islam, but many people in the CIA were saying that he did. Correct.
2: Right. I
12: personally never heard it, but people have told me they have heard it.
17: But for more than three decades, I have also had the tremendous fortune to travel the world, and as part of that experience, to learn about the goodness and beauty of Islam. As a college student in the 1970s, I spent a summer traveling through Indonesia, taking in the wonderful landscape, culture, and people of Java and Bali. Despite my long hair, my earring, and my obvious American appearance, I was welcomed throughout that country in a way that is a reflection of the tremendous warmth of Islamic cultures and societies. Like the president during his childhood years in Jakarta, I came to see Islam, not how it is often misrepresented, but for what it is, how it is practiced every day by well over a billion Muslims worldwide, a faith of peace and tolerance, and great diversity. And if you permit me, or I should say, Ismahli bad Indonesia, safarat ila misr, wahunak darast Arabiya fi jamna Amerikia fuqahira, wahada fi elf في سنة ألف و تسمية و خمس uh إلى الأردن وفلسطين فلسطين وتونس وبعد مصر تونس المصر ساكن في الشكل الأوسط تقريبا ستة سنة لكن الآن أنا أجوز
4: أنا
17: كنت طالب وشباب uh uh darast arbiya lakin elan uhit akhtariat loga uh kislan uh kislan muta asif muta asif lakin mumkin inshallah sofa adros Arabia Maritani, inshallah Now, don't tell the folks (laughs) who don't speak Arabic what I said, okay? (laughs) But I did spend time as an undergraduate at the American University in Cairo in the 1970s, and time spent with classmates from Egypt, from Jordan, from Palestine, and around the world, who taught me that whatever our differences of nationality or race or religion or language, there are certain aspirations that we all share to get an education, to provide for our families, to practice our faith freely, to live in peace and security. And during a 25 year career in government, I was privileged to serve in positions across the Middle East, as a political officer with the State Department and as a CIA station chief in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi Arabia, I saw how our Saudi partners fulfilled their duty as custodian of the two holy mosques of Mecca and Medina. I marveled at the majesty of the Hajj and the devotion of those who fulfill their duty as Muslims by making that privilege, but the pilgrimage. And in all my travels, the city I have come to love most is Al-Quds, Jerusalem, where three great faiths come together. So much attention is paid to the divisions in that wonderful city.
5: Thank you for appearing, Secretary Clinton. And I'm glad to see your health is improving. One of the things that disappointed me most about the original 9-11 was no one was fired. We spent trillions of dollars, but there were a lot of human errors. These are judgment errors and the people who make judgment errors need to be replaced, fired, and no longer in a position of making these judgment calls. So we have a review board. review board finds 64 different things that we can change. A lot of them are common sense and should be done, but the question is, it's a failure of leadership that they weren't done in advance and four lives were cost because of this. I'm glad that you're accepting responsibility. I think that ultimately with your leaving, you accept the culpability for the worst tragedy since 9-11, and I really mean that. Had I been president at the time and I found that you did not read the cables from Benghazi, you did not read the cables from Ambassador Stevens, I would have relieved you of your post. I think it's inexcusable. The thing is, is that, you know, we can understand that you're not reading every cable. I can understand that maybe you're not aware of the cable from the ambassador in Vienna that asked for $100,000 for an electrical charging station. I can understand that maybe you're not aware that your department spent $100,000 on three comedians who went to India on a promotional tour called Make Chi Not War. But I think you might be able to be understand and might be aware of the $80 million spent on a consulate in Mashar al-Sharif that will never be built. I think it's inexcusable that you did not know about this and that you did not read these cables i would think by anybody's estimation libya has to have been one of the hottest of hot spots around the world not to know of the request for securities really i think cost these people their lives their lives could have been saved had someone been more available had someone been aware of these things more on top of the job and the thing is is I don't suspect you of bad motives. The review board said, well, these people weren't willfully neg- negligent. I don't think you were willfully. I don't suspect your motives of wanting to serve your country. But it was a failure of leadership not to be involved. It was a failure of leadership not to know these things. And so I think it is good that you're accepting responsibility because no one else is. And this is there is a certain amount of culpability to the worst tragedy since 9-11. And I'm glad you're accepting this. Now my question is, is the U.S. involved with any uh, procuring of weapons, transfer of weapons, buying, selling, anyhow transferring weapons to Turkey out of Libya?
16: To Turkey? I, I, I will have to take that question for the record, That's, I, nobody's ever raised that with me. It's, I, been, I
5: don't... it's been in news reports that ships have been leaving from Libya and that they may have weapons, and what I'd like to know is the annex that was close by, were they involved with procuring, buying, selling, obtaining weapons, and were any of these weapons being transferred to other countries, any countries, Turkey included?
16: Well, Senator, you'll have to direct, direct that question to uh, the agency that uh, ran the annex, and I will I will see what information is available and uh you're saying you don't know i do not know i don't have any information on that and the problem the review board has all these recommendations but
5: there's one thing they failed to address and i think you've failed to address and it sets us up for another tragedy like this they should have never been sent in there without a military guard this should have been an embassy like in baghdad in a war zone and it should have been under military guard significant military guard defense department command I don't think the State Department's capable of being in the war zone and protecting these people. I still don't think that. I think another tragedy could happen. I think another tragedy could happen in another war zone around the world. I think someone needs to make an executive decision. Someone needs to take leadership, and with that leadership should be that you shouldn't send them in with no Marines. You shouldn't send them in with Marines or are to guard records, not people. You shouldn't send them in with the same kind of ambassador or embassy staff that you have in Paris. I think that's inexcusable. Well,
16: Senator, the reason I'm here to today is to answer questions the best I can. Um, I am the uh, Secretary of State uh, and uh, the ARB made very clear uh, that the level of responsibility for the uh, failures that they outlined was set at the Assistant Secretary level and below. Um, The administration has sent officials to the Hill More than 30 times, we've given uh, as much information, we've been as transparent as we can. Um, Obviously, we will continue to uh, brief you uh, and others uh, to answer any and all questions that you have uh, about uh, going forward. Um, The reason we put into effect an accountability review board is to take it out of the heat of politics and partisanship and accusations and to put it in the hands of people who have no stake in the outcome. The reason I said make it open, tell the world is because I believe in transparency. I believe in taking responsibility. uh, And I have done so and I hope that we're going to be able to uh, see a good working relationship Uh, between the State Department and the committee going forward.
9: We're here and we are following this breaking news out of Washington. Some serious allegations this morning facing the State Department.
16: That's right. According to internal State Department memos,
9: the agency might have called off or intervened an investigation into possibly illegal and inappropriate behavior within its ranks, allegedly to protect jobs and avoid scandals. This concerns a time that Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State. We want to get right to NBC's Chief White House Correspondent Chuck Todd with the latest. Chuck, good morning to you. Good morning, Savannah. You know, there's an old saying in Washington that the cover-up is worse than the crime. But in this case, both parts of it are disturbing. Allegations of prostitution and pedophilia and allegations that those crimes were somehow covered up or not looked into. So the State Department this morning is having to respond to those claims and those investigations uh, of misconduct by State Department officials, including by an ambassador and security agents attached to then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. And the allegations are that these investigations were whitewashed, quashed altogether, together, and that those orders came from high up. NBC News has obtained documents related to ongoing investigations into some disturbing allegations involving State Department personnel and at least one ambassador. A State Department memo says the ambassador, quote, routinely, routinely ditched, ditched his protective security, security detail, detail in order, order to solicit sexual favors from both prostitutes and minor, minor children. children. The memo the also says a top, top State department, department official directed department investigators to, quote, cease the investigation into the ambassador's, ambassador's conduct. It's, it's just, just one of, of what another document, another document describes as, quote, several examples of undue influence from, from top state, state officials. officials. On, On Monday, Monday, a State Department spokesperson would not confirm specific investigations. I'm not, I'm not going, going to talk about specific cases, but, cases, but I, can I can
6: say
14: broadly, broadly that, that the notion that we,
6: we would not, not vigorously, vigorously pursue criminal misconduct. Uh, In any case, it's preposterous. A former former investigator
9: investigator for the department's department's inspector Inspector general has complained to Congress and the media that the investigations have not been thorough because of the pressure from those high-level officials.
14: We take
6: every allegation of misconduct seriously and we look into it.
9: It was less than six months ago that another major internal investigation painted Hillary Clinton's State Department in a negative light. That scathing report on the failed diplomatic security procedures in the aftermath of the Benghazi attack.
16: What difference at this point does it make? It is our job to figure out what happened and do
9: everything we can. As we noted, the whistleblower in this case, a member of the Inspector General investigative team at the State Department, she's gone to Congress demanding an investigation, and it's our understanding Congressman Ed Royce, the leading Republican in House Foreign Relations says he does plan on having an investigation, and no doubt hearings are probably gonna come soon as well, Savannah. But Chuck, where are we on this? Is at this point just allegations from one Have they been substantiated in any way? Well, here's what it is, the the, the whistleblower says that this report, that the internal investigation having to do with how diplomatic security even investigated these allegations, that's where this scathing report came from, it's how the investigators somehow dropped the investigations including into this ambassador and onto some other deal including on on folks that were part of security detail. So the allegations themselves haven't been fully substantiated by, by us, but this inspector general whistleblower believes that the evidence was clear but the problem was the investigation wasn't done in time to find out for sure if this misconduct was happening more to come on this for sure Chuck Todd thank you very much
16: now we're in this situation that Israel needs emergency aid, how will you deal with that? What is your recommendation?
7: The same way I always have is that I'm all for the aid. In fact, we had this debate about a year ago with Democrats. Uh, they wanted a billion dollars more for Iron Dome and I said, sure, I'm with that. Let's take it from a fund that we're funding the Taliban with. There's still a couple billion dollars out there that we are the Afghan reconstruction fund that's going to the Taliban to people who are not our friends, who are our enemies well, in I Afghanistan. I understand that.
16: Why are we funding the Taliban?
7: They they think that somehow when you give money to your enemies, it makes them less of an adversary. We still give money to the Palestinian Authority. We give money to the PLO. So what I would say is, sure, let's fund whatever Israel needs now, but let's take it from funds that we're sending to countries that don't like us, that burn our flag, that chant into America. Why are we giving money to people who hate us? So let's give it to our friends if need be, but let's make sure we take it from somewhere else in the budget. And that may or may not make me very popular, but I insist on this all of the time. In if you don't do it, that's why you wind up with a $33 trillion debt. Well,
16: I mean, has the administration commented on the fact that we've been funding giving money to the Palestinian authority?
7: I have these battles all the time. I've battled the head of Senate Foreign Relations over this many times on the floor over whether we should still be giving money to the Taliban, whether we should be giving money to the Palestinians. So years ago, I introduced the first bill that would have gotten rid of these martyr payments, where people who were blowing themselves up and blowing up Israeli civilians were getting payments but it was coming out of a fund that the U.S. government was funding this fund. So I was the first one to introduce that, and they got rid of some of the payments, but some of those payments are still going to the Palestinians, and I'm for eliminating all of that foreign aid to the Palestinian Authority.
16: We also have a history of kind of moving in and out of Pakistan. I mean, let's remember here, the people we are fighting today, we funded 20 years ago. And we did it because we were locked in this struggle with the Soviet Union. They invaded Afghanistan, and we did not want to see them control Central Asia, and we went to work. And it was President Reagan in partnership with the Congress, um, led by Democrats, who said, you know what, sounds like a pretty good idea. Let's deal with the ISI and the Pakistani military, and let's go recruit these mujahideen. that's great. Let's get some to come from Saudi Arabia and other places importing their Wahhabi brand of Islam so that we can go beat the Soviet Union. And we, guess what? They retreated. They lost billions of dollars, and it led to the collapse of the Soviet Union. So there's a, a very strong argument, which is wasn't a bad investment to end the Soviet Union, but let's be careful what we sow because we will harvest. So we then left Pakistan. We said... Okay, fine, you deal with the stingers that we've left all over your country. You deal with the mines that are along the border. And by the way, we don't want to have anything to do with you. In fact, we're sanctioning you. So we stopped dealing with the Pakistani military and with ISI, and we now are making up for a lot of lost time.
9: U.S. National Security Advisor Brzezinski flew to Pakistan to set about rallying resistance. He wanted to arm the Mujahideen without revealing America's role. On the Afghan border near the Khyber Pass, he urged the soldiers of God to redouble their efforts.
2: We know of their deep belief in God and we are confident that their struggle will succeed. That land over there is yours, you'll go back to it one day because your fight will prevail and you'll have your homes and your mosques
11: back again
2: because your cause is right and God is on your side. The purpose of coordinating with the Pakistanis would be to make the Soviets bleed for as much and as long.
3: Now, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't end there, okay? It doesn't end there. Not, not only have we connected dots, okay, over the years, it even leads up to the most recent controversy You know about Osama bin Laden, okay? You just saw Brzezinski, Mika Brzezinski's dad, she's the spawn of Satan,
14: Mm
3: -hmm. uh, who delivered, of course, money, weapons, because of Russia, 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 Russia. We've been addicted to this Russia thing. We were so incensed about Russia after World War II that we sided with and spun up the Nazi war movement. The CIA's first charter in 1947, was Operation Paperclip, to take all the Nazi scientists, bring them to the United States, and put them in a high positions of government. Mm-hmm. This was done by the CIA. The CIA, in their thirst for going after Russia, 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 okay, went from taking Nazis in 1947, and then working with the Italians with Operation Gladio, and building up the Nazi movement to go against the Russians, not only that, but, Hillary Clinton's CIA uh, that was propping up the Nazis then shifted gears and propped up the jihad, the jihadist. She took her seat as the Secretary of State and one of her first functions was in fact, and let let me move this out of the way so you can see this, one of her first functions was to actually Lift the terror designation because, of course, she is a jihadist. She is a Iran enabler. She is a Luciferian, okay, that was involved, ladies and gentlemen, in making a lot of money in child sex trafficking. You already saw the NBC News report. There was a cover-up of that when she was Secretary of State. And on, uh, really, it's the CIA.
14: Who's this? a well, question to you is, we're going to.
3: Sorry, uh, a major crisis there.
14: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, You know what that is. We're going to have to chop that out of this segment. I apologize. Um, Kind of. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Hillary Clinton. All right. Now, first of all, you just heard the words of the Muslim convert, John Brennan, right? We'll get to him in a second. Let's stay focused on that levitating satanic bitch, Hillary Clinton netanyahu if he's truly not part of the luciferian satanic and there's a listen uh, israel's government has their communist side and their satanic side just like the united states does if you take the united states of america as split as we are you got the right wingers the godly warriors and mm-hmm. then you got the satanic left israel is the same thing i'm talking about jews and the related to the jewish religion we're talking about israel and its government—it's been hijacked by leftist, satanic, Luciferians—and they have a left-right paradigm that is the uniparty, just like we do. Just like we do. Netanyahu, if he really wanted to protect the holy land and defend the Israelis, he'd do two things: arm everybody in Israel, which he won't.
15: No.
3: Um, and secondly, not. he won't go after um, the Palestinians in Gaza. He will fire. Missiles at these three people right here (laughs) if he's truly interested in protecting Israel because you know what happened a long time ago The Mujahideen al kalk okay, is the MEK, right? Mm
14: -hmm. The
3: MEK is Al-Qaeda In Iran Um, They were listed as a terrorist organization They couldn't receive any money. They were under sanctions. What did Hillary Clinton do? She lifted the terror designation of Al Qaeda in Iran. That's those one of her functions. All right? Uh, the People's Mujahideen of Iran, more commonly known as Mujahideen Al khalk or MEK, a controversial Iranian resistance group, once listed as an FTO, a foreign terrorist organization by the United States, for his alleged killing of U.S. personnel in Iran during the 70s and for its ties to former Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein. Recognizing the group's rejection of violence, the State Department delisted MEK, but voiced ongoing concern about its alleged mistreatment of members. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Hillary Clinton. Okay? Hillary Clinton, and later on today, I'm going to bring up the audio recordings of a man that conducted an investigation into Hillary Clinton. Two things. He was in direct contact with Ukrainian intelligence officials that blew the whistle and said, I was involved with the Hillary Clinton campaign to dig up dirt on Donald Trump and make up stuff about uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. Mm
14: -hmm.
3: Number one. Number two, what he told this congressman that I'm about to tell you is that he provided information and and, and this congressman dug up information that Hillary Clinton and Ukrainian oligarch, Victor Pinchuk, who makes highly specialized steel for the development of centrifuges for Iran's nuclear program, that Hillary Clinton allowed Victor Pinchuk to ship that highly specialized steel to the iranians for the purposes of developing their nuclear program hillary clinton is documented by the treasury department they have the transactions his name was congressman steve stockman guess what happened to congressman steve stockman the day before he was supposed to leave and tie all of this in together and have hillary clinton indicted essentially mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, he was actually Arrested at a trial for campaign finance violations in federal court, and he remained in jail. He's out now, and um, he was pardoned. He was pardoned by well, President Trump. His sentence Trump.
0: was commuted, I think. Yes, by President Trump. Yeah.
3: I have Congressman Steve Stockman on audio recording, as well as providing the documentation from the Treasury that showed that Hillary Clinton violated the Iran sanctions by providing Iran with steel to make centrifuge centrifuges provided for by the Nazis of Ukraine. You guys got me? Guess what else? There's somebody else who was involved in this jihad. And I I mentioned Hillary Clinton, right? Her partner in this jihad, in this Luciferian agenda. who converted to Islam, right? Did I not present a case that, that uh, Mr. Aloha Snackbar uh, himself, John Brennan, mm-hmm. right? The Muslim convert was so praising Islam. Oh, he loves Islam. You know how much he loves Islam? Uh, and he talked about his love of Islam while he was in Saudi Arabia. You remember that? Yes. Okay. Well, guess what? Here's an ABC News report that outlines, and this is dated uh, October 23rd uh, of 2002. It was an early indication of some of the lapses in security by the Central Intelligence Agency, right? A new report accused the State Department of staggering lapses in the visa program that gave September 11th hijackers entry into of the United States. Um, get, guess uh, where these hijackers came into uh, the United States, ladies and gentlemen? Guess where they came in? They were approved, you see. Almost all of the hijackers' visas were issued in Saudi Arabia at the U.S. Embassy in Riyadh and the U.S. Consulate in Jeddah. Terrorists set a, ties aside the applications themselves should have raised red flags these were known terrorists abc news reported this okay abc news reported this you can go look up the title of the article the station chief in saudi arabia that approved the 9 11 hijackers coming into the united states was none other than john brennan himself (laughs) the muslim convert the guy that is running um A system right now out of Fort Washington, Maryland, along with who? With Clapper and Hayden. You know who Hayden is? He's the recent guy that threatened a congressman, said he should be killed. You got Hayden, Clapper, and Brennan right now threatening anyone that wants to disrupt their little jihad. Mm
14: -hmm.
3: Now, Barack Obama. Who's Barack Obama in this thing? Other than him having. Uh, some sexual transgressions with Larry Sinclair. Watch this. There's something called Operation Zero Footprint, all right? And this was published on Conservative Treehouse. CIA operation called Zero Footprint, Qatar, Benghazi, and the connection to Ahmed Abu Qatala, the real motive for the Obama administration's recent arrest, and it was broken down, Katala, missiles, weapons, okay? Uh, and it was also provided for this information about Operation Zero Footprint. Guess what, Deb Jordan? What? Remember that Reuters article that I told you about? That Reuters disclosed a secret arms uh, uh, trading program worldwide, Mm-hmm. Signed by Obama called Operation Zero Footprint. Correct. Um, that basically outlined that the United States of America, out of Benghazi, uh, on all throughout the United States, Operation Zero Footprint was to sell arms to Al-Qaeda and ISIS in Syria. Did you hear the interaction? Go back and rewind it and listen closely. You'll hear Rand Paul say, Uh, uh, did did you ever authorize shipment of 400 tons of man pads Mm -hmm. to Turkey? He knew she was lying. She said Turkey. She committed perjury under Mm -hmm. oath. She did. She not only knew about it, it was was her operation. mm -hmm. Her and Barack Obama, it was a secret program. Operation Zero Footprint. Guess what? I have a copy of the manifest. September 21st of 2012 was when Benghazi happened, right? Mm-hmm. That shipment yep. of 400 tons of man pads were <laughs> destined for ISIS in Syria. It was a program authorized by Barack Obama through Operation Zero Footprint. But when you click on uh, Operation Zero Footprint, the Reuters news article, guess what you get, Deb Jordan? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But guess what? We have a copy of the article. Okay, uh, and we also have Mr. backup Archive. of it. Yeah, that's right. We have U.S. approved <laughs> arms for Libyan rebels fell into jihadist hands. That's December fifth, two thousand twelve, in New mm-hmm. York Times. Also, the exclusive on Reuters. It was rewritten. President Barack Obama signed a secret order authorizing covert U.S. government support for rebels seeking to oust Gaddafi. Right. Government officials told Reuters on Wednesday. Obama signed the order known as a presidential finding, it was called, right? Such findings are principal forms of presidential directives, right? But guess what they removed from this article? The name Operation Zero Footprint. Uh, the guy that was in charge of running it on behalf of John McCain, guess what his name was?
4: The guy- oh, what was that?
3: Uh, his name was Mark Turi, ladies and gentlemen. Correct. Mark Turry yep. was a whistleblower who came forward and said, I am Operation Zero Footprint. And guess what they did to him, ladies and gentlemen? This is Catherine Herridge on Fox News. The guy that was running guns for Obama and Clinton to the freaking jihadists that want to destroy Israel Today.
12: We have new evidence tonight about just how far the Obama administration was willing to go to protect Hillary Clinton ahead of her run for president. An arms dealer tells Fox News in an exclusive interview that the full weight of the Justice Department came down on him in an effort to hide a secret plan to funnel weapons to Libya that ultimately armed America's enemies. Chief Intelligence correspondent Catherine Herridge has this exclusive story. All of this happened under Hillary Clinton's watch, it would actually be Uh, Secretary
11: Clinton. In his first television interview since criminal charges were dropped against him licensed arms dealer Mark Turi says the Obama administration with the cooperation of Hillary Clinton's State Department tried and failed to make him the fall guy for a 2011 covert weapons program to arm Libyan rebels that spun out of control.
12: I would say 100 percent I was victimized to somehow discredit me, uh, throw me under the bus, you know, do whatever it took to protect their um you know next presidential candidate
11: five years into the investigation turi says the justice department dropped the case to avoid public disclosure of the weapons program that was designed to force the ouster of libyan dictator momar Gaddafi.
12: those transcripts uh, from current as well as former cia officers Uh, were classified. If any of these relationships would have been revealed, um, it would have opened up a can of worms.
11: In 2011, the administration wanted to arm the Libyan rebels, but UN sanctions blocked the direct sale. Working with the US government in Capitol Hill, Turi says he came up with a solution. Turi's plan was to have the US government supply conventional weapons to the Gulf nations, Qatar and UAE, who would then in turn supply them to Libya. Therese says he was cut out of the plan, and Clinton's State Department used its own people, with weapons flowing to Libya and Syria. That's how they lost control of it. Who got these weapons? Was it Al-Qaeda? Was it Ansar al-Sharia? Was it ISIS in the end? All of them, all of them, all of them. Turi exchanged emails in 2011 with then-U.S. Envoy to the Libyan opposition Chris Stevens. A day after the exchange about Turi's State Department application to sell weapons, Clinton wrote this email to A. Jake Sullivan. Quote, FYI, the idea of using private security experts to arm the opposition should be considered. Do you believe these email exchanges are a coincidence or connected? When you look at
12: this timeline, None of it was a coincidence. It was all strategically managed, and it had to have come from her own internal circle.
11: Since first telling his story to Fox News, Turi says he's lost everything in his legal fight with the Justice
12: Department. Catherine, it's completely un-American.
11: In Washington, Catherine Herridge, Fox News. I'm
3: calling for Netanyahu Mm -hmm. to launch an airstrike on Hillary Clinton. Because all of the jihadists that have been running arms and firing missiles, and I want to know, where where are the manpads, Hillary? Where are they? 400 tons still propagated out there in the hands of the jihadists that you gave to them. I want Netanyahu, all right, to stop. Right now, you're focusing all of your energy on Gaza, all right? Gaza and the terrorists that made it to your front doorstep, they were all pushed there through the help and funding and money laundering of an organization known as CARE, the Council for the American Islamic, right?
14: Mm -hmm.
3: Resistance. CARE is Hamas. CARE has been in the federal court system, having been nailed with M-Gage, who is Hamas. Working with the Treasury Department to legally funnel millions and millions of dollars for the Palestinians, okay? For the Palestinians. Humanitarian aid for the Palestinians. Ladies and gentlemen, I am sympathetic to the plight of the Palestinian or any oppressed people. I don't want that. Don't oppress people. But I am especially vigorous because if you really honestly stand... For the Palestinians, then you will rise up with me right now and stand for the Palestinians because they've been used as pawns in this Luciferian war that Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and John Brennan has been exploiting the slaves and the oppressed Palestinians in this jihad. They are human shields for the war against Israel. Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran. And Hillary Clinton has been supplying everything that Iran needs. Why? Because you're going to think I'm a weirdo? Because Iran has met with the Mahdi. Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, we call him, okay, was the former president of Iran that Hillary Clinton has been supporting with billions of dollars. Barack Obama, the Muslim Brotherhood supporter, has been helping Mahmoud Ahmadinejad for a long time with his nuclear program. Why? Because he met with the Mahdi. The Mahdi is the 12th Imam, okay? And if you don't think this is relevant, I'm gonna show you, before I'm done, stay with me, that Joe Biden, And his Barack Obama regime, at the end of September, before this little sudden, we could have never seen it before, we couldn't have expected anything to happen, this incursion, signed an executive order, right, to contain Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, his name has never even come up, he's the one that met with the Mahdi, he's the most important person on the planet, he is going to bring forth the Antichrist, you think I'm joking about this? Joe Biden just signed an executive order to contain through this $6 billion deal the guy that met with the Antichrist. You think I'm joking? Joe Biden didn't mention that, did he? No. But I'll tell you what, Jake Sullivan knows what's going on. You know how Jake Sullivan, you know who Jake Sullivan is? Who's Jake Sullivan? This is important, ladies and gentlemen. Who is Jake Sullivan? It was mentioned in that jury report, wasn't it? Oh, yeah.
14: Huh? Yep.
3: Who is Jake Sullivan? Remember the $6 billion? They said, oh, that $6 billion has not been spent. Is that correct? Yes,
4: that's what he says. Mm -hmm.
3: You know who that was? That was Jake Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to. I'm going to present that to you. Uh, where is it? The $6 billion. Here it is. Sorry. Jake Sullivan knows who the Mahdi is. Jake Sullivan has been behind the scenes helping to fuel the Antichrist coming forward. With the Ayatollah, Rohola and the Hola. This guy right here. Remember, Mark Curry said said um, he was communicating with Jake Sullivan, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't he? That guy right there. Listen to what Jake Sullivan. Here he is just yesterday, I think.
6: You just laid out all of the ways that Iran is complicit in this and facilitated it over years of support for Hamas. Is that reason enough to freeze, refreeze the $6 billion that the US helped unlock for them to get in exchange for the prisoners?
7: We
8: have not yet had a dollar of that six billion. Where's spent, the emails,
3: and Jake will Sullivan? That.
6: Will you refreeze it based on this activity that you've just laid out, all of the ways that they are complicit in this? You, the administration said that if we see them going in the wrong direction, that we would stop that down. I understand the position that you guys have, that not a dollar of this has been spent. <clears throat> but will you prevent it from getting into their hands to allow them to you know, do, do what they that
11: you just
8: laid
5: out. Let me just reiterate what I said, because it's unequivocal. Not a dollar of
8: that money has been spent, and I will leave it at that.
3: Yes, that's right. And Jake Sullivan, guess what
4: else is- How would he know?
3: Guess what else he's involved in? You wanna know what he's involved in? It's miraculous. Nobody wants to ask Jake Sullivan, hey, what happened with the arms uh, sales to all of the jihadists? Jake Sullivan? You dress up, you look like a neat white guy, okay? Mm -hmm. This white guy, Jake Sullivan, right here is using Palestinians, okay, to whip up the BLM and get it all funded, okay, while he ships freaking arms to, because they're being used as human shields. Yeah. BLM, if you're a Black Lives Matter person, you are literally a human shield, okay. They want you killed. They want you to go fight for the Palestinians who are also being used as a human shield right now. They want your energy to fight for the plight of the oppressed. And Jake Sullivan, the white guy, took all of your money from Black Lives Matter so that he could set up his little Operation Zero footprint, right? And Jake Sullivan is also the guy that's behind this right here. But he won't tell you this, you see. Uh, Because he needs you BLM people all whipped up into a frothy frenzy about the, the plight of the Palestinians. Of course, the plight of the Palestinians. But guess what he's doing behind the scenes? He's funding the freaking jihad. Okay. And he's planning for, you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Here is Joe Biden's. Okay. Here's the Federal Register. The executive order signed by Joe Biden himself. You can go read it yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Why would you not read it? Because Jake Sullivan is operating behind the scenes. He's got all you BLM people all whipped up while he brings in the freaking Mahdi right? Joe Biden, the president of the United States, I hereby declare that. What? What did he say? Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, jacket. Okay. Uh, because he was involved with taking of hostages, right? Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. We gotta, we gotta hereby sign an executive order, uh, bringing down the guy that wants to bring in what he's gonna bring in the Antichrist, or he's gonna reveal to the I don't know what's going on with Ahmad Ahmadinejad. But in this executive order, it actually ties up Mahmoud Ahmadinejad so that they can have their own revealing of the mahdi there are sanctions against mahmoud ahmadinejad uh in this executive order very carefully written behind the scenes while they exploit the energy of the black lives matter movement this is executive order you ready one four zero seven eight okay jake sullivan is behind that executive order jake sullivan is behind The transfer of arms from Al Qaeda and Libya to Al Qaeda and ISIS through Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and General Betraeus. 400 tons of man pads that went through Turkey, who Turkey is now siding with the freaking terrorists. While we're on the precipice of World War III, they're all working together to bring in their 12th Imam. You think I'm joking? You think I'm kidding? These people are not only sick, they're Luciferian. They've been planning for this. I call for the BLM people to rise up with me against Lucifer. I call for the Palestinians who have been oppressed and enslaved by these Luciferians to join me to protest against Hillary Clinton and the freaking 12th Imam named Barack Obama. Join me, calling upon Netanyahu to bomb John Brennan if you wanna end terrorism in the world. Oh, I'm sorry, I read the 28 pages of the 9-11 report that showed that Israel helped make that happen by financing it. Maybe Netanyahu was behind that, financing 9-11. Maybe Netanyahu's part of that uniparty of Israel, right? In opposite, maybe Netanyahu's working for the 12th Imam. Maybe Netanyahu turned his back on President Trump when it came time to bomb Soleimani. Oh, isn't that true that that happened, ladies and gentlemen? President Trump, within the past 24 hours, just said that Netanyahu, when it came time to take out Soleimani, guess what Netanyahu did? netanyahu turned his back on trump and trump went forward anyway because you know what because president trump knows that the mahdi is the antichrist and he's on the side of god and he blasted freaking Soleimani in opposition to what netanyahu wanted you think i'm making this up go listen to president trump i wasn't there trump was who's Soleimani? He was the guard of the 12th Imam. Who's the 12th Imam? I don't know. Let's see.
5: Joel, this is a fascinating read. Uh, Why the 12th Imam and why now? Because it affects Iranian foreign policy right now. In other words, the leaders of Iran believe this is happening. They believe that this Islamic Messiah is coming, this 12th Imam, at the end of days, in the end of time, and that once he comes, Either uh, Israel and the United States, uh, Judeo-Christian society, as we've known it, will have already.
3: It is the policy of Iran to bring forth the 12th Imam. It is a stated fact that Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, okay, here he is. Don't go by don't go by what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I want you to go by the guy that says that he will return with the 12th Imam. Okay, his name is Mahmoud Ahmadinejad and Jake Sullivan, Barack Obama. And Joe Biden is doing sneaky stuff behind your behind your back. You know why? Because he needs the energy of the Black Lives Matter movement, of course, to fight for the Palestinians. He needs your fake little uniparty going on in Israel. We got all these factions. They're all divided for the plight of the Palestinians. No, this is a battle between the 12th Imam and Jesus Christ. You think I'm joking? Look at this guy right here. A spokesperson for Iran's president, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, says Iran's president will return with the hidden Imam, okay? Mahmoud Ahmadinejad is part of the $6 billion deal. Jake Sullivan says, don't worry about he's not gonna be spent, okay? <laughs> that guy is freaking Satan incarnate. He's behind Benghazi. He's behind Obama's Operation Zero footprint. He's behind everything, including shit to Iran for their nuclear program. That Jake Sullivan. I'm calling on Netanyahu to bomb Jake Sullivan on behalf of Mark Turry. By the way, you think you, you want to bring your freaking, your little drone strike against me? Go ahead. I will be a martyr, okay? I have thumb drives everywhere cia whistleblowers and fbi whistleblowers that were on the ground in benghazi and those thumb drives are also in the hands of high-level military officials and in the hands of the department of justice because i submitted them with my discovery you effing pukes die in the jihad my god is gonna kick the crap out of your Allah i've been waiting for this moment I wasn't ready to enter into the book of Revelation yet. I had to accept Jesus Christ, and I have, and now I'm ready for the fires of Armageddon. Come on. Bring it, ladies and gentlemen. I pray to the Lord for discernment, and he gave me too much eyesight. (laughs) And I've connected all these dots right here, right now. We are on the precipice of doing what? Either a grand awakening by the Palestinians to join me, to end, join me, to end the Yuta Party of Israel. And get on your knees and pray for the return of Jesus Christ. Go to the Dome of the Rock and pray for the third temple. And pray for the sacrifices that will come and the abomination of desolation. And pray and get on your knees and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have a very short period of time, Muhammad is a diversion from that. He's keeping you from accepting Jesus Christ. Your little hadith was a lie. The non-believers are the ones that don't accept Jesus. If you don't accept Jesus, I'll meet you on the steps in Damascus for the return of the 12th Imam and Jesus Christ himself. And we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear absolutely no evil because we know who wins that battle it is written I call upon all Palestinians forget about Israel the people that have hijacked Israel have done so on behalf of Satan Netanyahu turned his back on President Trump for Satan President Trump knows what's coming Jerusalem right now is a very important place that dome of the rock is a very important place. The abomination of desolation will take place. And all knees will bow. And the Israelis will flee. If you want to end and get Israel, the people of Israel, out of the Holy Land, work with me towards that moment. They will have to flee. Warn the Jews. Accept Jesus Christ, too. Time is running short, folks. And I'm not some crackpot theologian. I'm not. I'm just a man that is learning all this and has been blessed with a little bit of eyesight to see this coming. And you're all being lied to. That while you're told online in this social media influence operation to get the Palestinians against Netanyahu's people, that's all of Satan. You're being exploited. The Black Lives Matter movement is working for Hamas and fueling Hamas and supporting the 12th Imam, who is the Antichrist. What side do you wanna be on? Black Lives Matter, you have an opportunity here to join Team Jesus. That's so what I call you to do. I fight for the Palestinians too. Mm-hmm. I fight for Black Lives Matter too. I fight for yeah, I fight for them in the following regard. Get ready to take a knee. Not for George Floyd either. Get on your knees. And accept your wrong ways. That you've been used as a pawn for Satan. Ladies and gentlemen. It's beyond hatred of Israel. The jihadists of the world. Right now the front face of them. That we must focus all of our efforts on. I'm not going to run side by side. With any Palestinian. Palestinian that wants to be pushing their allah okay you have a short period of time except jesus christ you can do it you're going to be called upon to do that resist that and you'll perish i don't provide for that i'm not going to side with the political movement of the communists that have been fueling black lives matter and you're wanting for socialism I don't care about your politics. I care about you accepting Jesus Christ. Accept Jesus Christ and join me as a warrior against these Satanists right here. Join me. I don't care about your politics. I don't want your politics. Can I get an amen? Amen. You want on this October 13th, you want your little October, whatever, your black satanic, get your witches and your cauldrons out and do all that. I don't go that way. I'm siding with humanity. And most importantly, I'm siding with Jesus Christ. That's it. Join me. And we're going to have a great time because we're on the winning team. Netanyahu, launch an airstrike on John Brennan's Operation Zero Footprint, whatever they want to call it, or Fort Washington, Maryland. Launch it. Okay. Netanyahu, call Mike Lindell and ask him where all the discs are of Obama's blackmail of the Israeli intelligence service. Oh, you won't do that. You don't want to know that. Mike Lindell will put you in touch with the person that has all the evidence. We have all of the disks. We're going to win the jihad. Can I get an amen? Huh? Oh. Join me. Hey, John Brennan, we have your disks. Don't Wait till the Israeli intelligence finds out how you've been blackmailing them and surveilling them and setting up this moment in time. They're in safekeeping. I talked to the reaper the other day and he's testifying against you right now. Who knows where this goes? We need God, don't we?
4: our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force. Forcing us to sit and wait till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on the streets of blood till I see the golden gates. Troubadour, troubled souls, one of God's servants. Blades out, cutting grass till we see the oh, serpents. One up. day, I hope you see
6: the truth. This puppet show it stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun but get ready to pay your dues. Oh God finally see the truth god we need you
4: now to swallow just digested suspected something's going on chosen just neglected deflected by some breaking news how oh, we just accepted expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective don't question their objective but I got a lot of questions how these kids molested but nobody's been arrested I read it in the Testament these children are protected so I'm fighting all these terrorists both foreign and domestic refuse to be directed Lying not a sheep, only kneel to my God. So I'm dying on my feet. Uh, silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches. I can't take this on the cheap. Nah, drink from a glass half full. I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome my position. Well, I'm gonna start resisting, and then I'll pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day I'll
6: See the truth This puppet show is stays on Because you fools We've been dancing With the devil Way too long I know it's fun But get ready To pay your dues Oh God finally see the truth God we need you now we need of you fools we've been dancing with the devil way too long i know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues